is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 114 for Friday, May the 10th. 2013. May the 10th. Been a long time since we've recorded on a Friday. That's true. In fact, I can't even remember the last time. We may never have. Have I ever been here on a Friday? I'm sure I have. Yeah, but probably not to do a podcast. No, probably not. Likely to eat barbecue or, you know, something like that. I do like like me some barbecue. Yeah, that's right. Um, So we've got a great show today. It is our annual season wrap-up crossover with Jason and Karen from The Walking Dead cast. Mm -hmm. They will be joining us a little bit later. To do that, what we will be doing is counting down our top 10 season highlights from season three. That'd be fun. Which we do each year. Um, not necessarily things we loved, but just 10 discussion points ten, for the season. 10 things. That's right. 10, ten notable things. moments. Things and stuff. Things and stuff. And, and things. Moments and junk or whatever. That's right. So we'll be doing, we'll be, uh, they'll be joining us a little bit later to do that. In the meantime, we are going to do a couple of other things. The first of which is that I need to wish you a happy windmill day. Oh, windmills. Windmill day. Now, is it actual windmills, or does that include, like, wind turbines? Well, I don't see why it wouldn't include wind turbines, but it's officially windmill day. Okay, so you have to grind something. You have to... The wind has to turn some sort of uh, uh, spinny thing. That either cuts or grinds. (laughs) Right, and generates power. Because you can have a sawmill that's powered by a wind. I suppose that's true. That's true. I didn't think of that, but it's windmill day. Nice. And according to the internet, windmills were once a much more common feature of our landscapes. However, modern industry has rendered these historical wind-powered factories mostly redundant. Windmill day encourages you to visit your local windmill, get involved in restoration projects, and try your hand as a miller. A miller. I didn't realize that one who operated a windmill was called a miller. But really? it makes total sense. Do you know what a cooper is? Uh, someone who makes barrels. Someone who makes barrels. That's correct. That's correct. That's a probably a satisfying job, I would think. Cooper? Making barrels? Yeah. Think about all the things that can be held in a barrel. Whiskey. And it starts with whiskey. Exactly. I, I toured Jameson. Pick, pickles. <laughs> pickles. I toured Jameson, the Jameson Distillery. They had lots of barrels holding whiskey Fun. there. Pickles. They reuse the barrels too, right? You get like old uh, barrels that held whatever and you use them to hold something else and it gives it that additional something else flavor. Absolutely. Jameson buys barrels from like sherry manufacturers in the States or uh, Scotch, you know, distilleries in, in Scotland and stuff like that. So they have different barrel combinations for different types of whiskey they make. That's a good idea for a, uh, a website is to manage the buying and selling of different kinds of barrels. Matching well, up sellers with buyers. There you go. I mean, I, do you think a lot of individual consumers buy barrels? I want a barrel. Maybe. If I knew where to get a barrel, I think I'd probably buy a barrel. This is what I'm telling you. You could even put it in your backyard and plant a tree in it or something. But yeah. uh, this is what I mean. Like, I think that would be a satisfying job. It make, would. Make barrels. Well, maybe for, I want uh, a windmill in my backyard, too. Or at least a wind turbine on my roof. That'd be fun. Right, to generate your own power. Generate power, you save it in a battery, and then use that battery power to uh, power uh, something that grinds coffee. I wonder how... Like a windmill. <laughs> I wonder how big a wind turbine you would need, personally, to actually generate any reasonable power. Well, they have. I have a pamphlet. 
on you? Uh, no, it's not here. It's actually <laughs> on my uh, my dresser at home. But I got a pamphlet from Canadian Tire that they sell. They now sell uh, solar panels, and part of the product line is a windmill. Interesting. You can buy a windmill, and it has uh, you know a wattage rating, and it tells you how much uh, how much you can use. And I knew that you could get the solar panels, yeah, but I yeah. didn't know they had a windmill line. Oh yeah, too. you can buy a windmill. Wow! It has a governor on it, so it doesn't go too fast. Good. And doesn't get out of control. Doesn't get out of control, unlike the governor in The Walking Dead. That's right. He does go too fast, and he gets out of control. Well, just a little bit. Yeah. He's the opposite of a governor. All right. Well, today is windmill day, so go out and try your hand as a miller. Might be fun. Okay. It's time for our listener email of the week, Jason. All right. This the, comes the first and notable email of the week. That's right. More commonly known as listener email of the week. Right. This comes from Sarah in Mission, B.C., Oh, nice. Um, do you know anything about Mission BC? Uh, no. Home the of the of world's largest carrot on a fork? Anything like that? I don't know. Every, everything's the home of the world's largest something. Mission BC's got to have something. So, Sarah, let us know what you've got the biggest of in your town. I'm, I'm quickly reading the Wikipedia entry. <laughs> anyway, you keep talking. I'll scan. Okay. Well, here's her email. I'm going to start reading it. Now, this is slightly adult-themed. Um, as they would say in mass media, this email acknowledges the existence of sex and porn. Okay. So, so if that might offend you, please uh, tune out for a minute or two. However, we did talk about this in depth last week when we were discussing The Walking Dead Triple X porno. Oh, yeah. So that's what Forgot this is all about that. to. Yeah. I left that up on the, uh, the computer, the, uh, that porn <clears throat> website. My wife, came, my wife found it later. And she said, hey, look at that. Actually, she didn't say anything. She didn't even really notice it, and I, I later told her, I have a perfectly reasonable explanation as to why there's porn on that screen. <laughs> well, she's like, I don't care. What? It's like, no, I want to tell you. There's a lot of perfectly reasonable explanations for having porn on the screen, Jason. Yeah, one is there's porn on there. One is that you talk about it on the internet. <laughs> there's porn there. <laughs> Who wants us to start a porn review podcast? I don't want to do that. No, that's no, a, that's no, a terrible no. idea. Somebody no. else do that. No, because my grandma might find out. <laughs> That's a good enough reason right there. Okay, Sarah from Mission BC writes, I just listened to your last podcast and I could barely keep my shit together at work as I was laughing so hard in my little cubicle. Zombie porn. The porn industry has finally taken that next step. While I was listening, I thought about how Walking Dead porn would be promoted and this is what went through my mind. Breaking news. Necrophiliacs <laughs> rejoice for the release of Walking Dead Erotica. See your favorite characters as you've never seen them before, featuring zombie gore facials. Zombie style, the new sexual position that's taking the apocalypse by storm. Ew. This story takes you back to Michonne on her own with two, uh, nothing but two walkers on chains and what she really did to keep them tame. Turns out these walkers had a bigger purpose after all. Fast forward to Rick, who finally gets another shot with Zmilf Laurie and gets to explore his repressed sexual desires for best friend Shane. Sorry, was that Zmilf as in zombie mother I'd like to <laughs> F-word? Is that what that is? That's exactly what that was. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and there you have it. That's uh, Sarah's um, marketing copy for the uh, Walking Dead porn, porn movie. And uh, I don't remember the name of the company now. Angel something that was releasing yeah. it? Yeah, I forget. Angel something? Angel Fire, maybe? It's in my uh, uh, browser history. I bet you I can find it. <laughs> there you go. It's probably still up on your screen. <laughs> it uh, might be. I don't know. Uh, if if you're listening, I think you might need to hire Sarah as a writer because uh, I had a lot of fun reading that, and it was uh, probably pretty fun for her to write, too. So. Nice. <laughs> um, 
There you go. So Thanks. Mission Mission British Columbia. There seems to be a lot of swimmers from there. Olympic sw- swimmers. Olympic swimmers. Yeah, hey? Gary McDonald. We got a. Oh my God, Shannon Shakespeare. That's a good name. That is a good name. So swimmers. Hey, there yeah. you go. Mission BC, world home of the world's most swimmers, Olympic swimmers. The, the world's most swimmers. The world's biggest swimmers. The wettest <laughs> swimmers in the country. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for that excellent listener email of the week. If you would like to send us an email that may become the email of the week, send it in to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Any comments about Zmilfs are welcome. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Zmilf. That's probably uh, TM right there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, trademark that sucker right trademark now. Trademark that sucker. Um, all right, joining us in a minute will be Jason and Karen from the Talking Dead cast to do our Season 3 Top 10. Joining us now are Jason and Karen from the Walking Dead cast. We are here, of course, to do the second half of our season three um, top ten wrap up. Um, but before we get into that, uh, you know, we've talked. Uh, we're, we're here to talk about season three and what we've seen and so on and what we've watched in the past. So I just thought maybe we could just start briefly with a bit uh, of of what's going on, what's coming up for us in the future. Maybe us and for you guys too, of course. Um, but first of all, thanks for coming on this half of the podcast. Yeah, thanks. we're excited to be on your show. All right. Happy to be here. <laughs> cool. Um, if uh, if anyone's listening to this first, you should by all means go back and listen <laughs> to the first half of the, this uh, top 10 on the Walking Dead cast. You can get that over at walkingdeadcast.com. And, uh, you know, listen to it in order. It makes much more sense that way. Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although you know, although yeah. Out of Order has its uh, merits, yeah. too. I saw... Uh, Return of the Jedi. No, actually, it was um, sorry. The second one. Why does my brain not? Empire work? Strikes. Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. <laughs> before I saw Star, uh, the first one, wow. Star Wars, and I saw. I think it was Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Before I saw anything else. So there, there is uh, something to be said about watching, uh, watching or getting things out of order. Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you saw you saw Empire before you saw Star Wars. Yes, that's, that's interesting. That's right. Like of all the trilogies you want to watch in order, that's one of the most important. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Even those ones aren't in order, really. I mean, aren't well, we seeing four, five, six? That's right. And then that's one, a good two, point. three. <laughs> that's true. So. So what does it matter? What does it matter? But speaking of timelines, um, what have you guys got coming up for the summer and for, uh, you know, the foreseeable future on the podcast? I know you have an event happening. Oh, that's right. Um, Yeah. So we're doing this. um, Actually, Karen's going to be in Israel, but uh, we're hoping that she'll be able to Skype in. So we're doing this event at Comic-Con 
it's me. It's me and the guys from the Walker Stalker podcast, and we've got some of the cast members. It's like the chain gang event. It's the prisoners, Oscar, mm-hmm. uh, Axel, and uh, and Tomas. Tomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Big Tiny. Oh, and nice. so, um, wait, actually, we're not sure Axel's going to be there, but we're hoping Axel. Anyways, uh, if you want to f- find out about that, you can go to walkingdeadcast.com slash tickets. It should be fun. It'll be like a live podcast and we'll have prizes. And this guy who um, drew our T-shirts that we had made recently, he's just this really um, enthusiastic guy who's also a great artist. He's volunteered to have one of the prizes be whoever wins gets a life a poster made of them as a zombie. Nice. That's Isn't that a great super, prize? That's super cool. That should be fun. Are you guys going to be at Comic-Con? Um well, there is a tiny tiny chance I will be there. Um uh-huh. it's it's very small. And if I am, I'm totally going to crash your your event. If that's okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and I'll yeah, I'll comp you a ticket. So let me know if you're going to be there. Yeah, I'll I'll keep you posted, but it's 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 unlikely, but I might be down there. Um uh but that's cool. That's really fun that you're you're doing that and you're getting you're getting the, some of the cast there too. You should call it the Chain Gang party I know. or whatever. <laughs> well, we're trying to get other um cast members too, so we didn't want to pigeonhole it, but at this point it might be a safe uh, name for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. And that's you're cool. and you're going to do the um the escape yeah, I, I okay. So I, I want to do the Walking Dead Escape, which is this um, zombie obstacle course that they put in the big baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. But I've intended to train for that and haven't started yet, and I'm starting <laughs> to get afraid. But you did it last year, right? How, you, I, you I almost died. You yeah. did. You did fine. <laughs> Uh, I kept like I'd run through an area where there were zombies, and then and and you know when I got past them, I'd like have my hands on my knees and I'd be going uh, uh, and the security <laughs> people who tried to keep everybody moving were like move along move and then they look at me and they're like are you okay <laughs> do you need a doctor sir <laughs> yeah. it was a very muggy day <laughs> well it sounded like fun though I mean <laughs> yes oh it, it was, was a great. total blast we did that and then I did the uh, haunted house that they put on in at Universal Studios later oh, on cool you remember hearing about yeah, that I remember yeah. Greg, Greg Nicotero went and helped with the makeup and stuff or his people did and i liked the walking dead escape much better uh you just felt like you were really in the zombie apocalypse and the haunted house was a little weird because they had zombies like jumping out at you like you kind of have to do in a haunted house but it just didn't seem like something that zombies would do they don't hide behind things and jump out of the last second. No. Oh, wait a second. Kinda. Cats do that, apparently. Zombies do not. <laughs> a cat and haunted house. That would be <laughs> they jump on your head. Yes. Um, otherwise, um, we don't have uh, our schedule totally planned out. We've It's been fun so far. I think a theme this uh, off-season has just been to have podcasters on that we admire and like interacting with like you guys. And we had Jay and Jack. Do you know them from the Lost Podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I listened to that with you guys already. Yeah. Really, so great. we might do some more of that. That's cool. It's always, you? Uh, you always got to find stuff to do over the over the summer that's, you know, semi-related. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> semi, yeah. That's all right. Um, all right. Well, shall we dive into the top half of, of our top 10 here? Cool. Uh, your turn, your guys' turn to go first. So someone kick us off with uh, number five. Okay. Okay. I'll say my number five will be the transformation of Carol. 
She went from a scared little mouse, uh, a mouse scared of her own shadow, to quote Merle, to kind of a feisty team member. I didn't like her much in the previous seasons, and I think I wasn't shy about saying that. But now I think she's tough and she's sassy. Um, she's maybe not a crackerjack shot, um, but uh, I think she still tries hard and. Uh, I just really, really like her now. She she gets great lines. Obviously, the writers like writing for her. And I think she's terrific. So that's my number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Carol, too, more so than in previous uh, previous seasons. She's she's just for the sheer fact that she's had more to do, almost, and more yes. to say. Oh, I love Carol. I think, uh, I think she's a fantastic character, and I think she has a, a very real chance of rolling into the uh, the Andrea role in the in the comic book. Yeah, mm-hmm. although it's they've made it a point that she's hasn't been a good shot. That could change, right? That's true. Yeah, which was great. That was oh, in the yeah, in the first a, uh, when they were nice taking uh, in the first episode, yeah, yeah. they taking the prison and uh, <laughs> she she missed her shot and almost shot Rick. That was yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Like, sorry. <laughs> She'll get better. She'll get better. She'll improve. <laughs> I like that just because they always seem to get headshots. So it was nice to see someone actually miss. Yes. <laughs> well, and it's a good time to miss when you almost shoot. Your yes. Leader. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, okay. That's good. Yeah, me too. I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. My number five is, I thought it was interesting the way that Woodbury um, and the, the governor handled his people. It was almost like an Orwellian feel like, uh, he painted Rick and crew as terrorists and he, he kind of used fear to keep his people in line um, by doing that. Now you could argue that from his perspective, they were, and, and that's another thing I like about the show is there's, there are these gray areas, but he was keeping their people hostage. So he had that piece of information that the rest of uh, Woodbury didn't have. So I'd say it's a safe bet that he knew he was being kind of manipulative and it's sort of, um, you know, their walking dead has always had these uh, question, gray area questions like in season two, whether they should have killed Randall or, you know, whether they should keep risking people searching for Sophia after she'd gone missing for so many days, things like that. This is more of a, a societal um, sort of societal level. What lengths is it okay to go to, to protect your way of life? I guess, I don't know. That sort of doesn't totally relate to what I was saying, but I just like the way it sort of the Orwellian metaphor can be, um, you can analyze that in respect to our own society. Mm -hmm. It's about power too. And this whole season is about power and it's about him manipulating people and, and using power in a really, really bad Mm -hmm. way. And just like painting the other as dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we have to do to take care of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the single biggest, most obvious character trait in the governor is his ability to manipulate people. And he uses it you know, to as best an advantage as he can to keep his power, get power and, and hold on to it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's that, like, that was his whole goal almost was just to rule over these people, but come off like a really nice guy, but it's mm-hmm. all through manipulation. Absolutely. Right. Right. Uh, Jason, number uh, five. So I, I think, uh, Karen and I are in sync cause, uh, I was going to, I wanted to talk about, uh, Carol in this one as well. Specifically what I wanted to, uh, what I liked about Carol and this one scene where, uh, Axel gets shot 
and also known as Jasper around here. Uh, Axel gets shot, <laughs> right. and, and she uses him as a shield when the governor attacks, <laughs> very sneakily attacks, and takes him out in one shot. She rolls rolls him over and uses him as a human shield. I thought that was fantastic. Resourceful? Very resourceful, and I, <laughs> uh-huh. almost, I almost was yelling at the screen. And oddly enough, I was watching on my iPad uh, on the commuter train in the morning, so people were looking <laughs> at me strange. But uh, I was very happy about that scene. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Human shield. That's always a good thing to see. Great. Meat shield. <laughs> a meat shield, right. Meat shield. <laughs> uh, okay, my number five is um, two specific zombie killing rampages in season three. Uh, you know, this season was a lot more about about the living humans and the danger in bet- between them and so on, and the zombies became, to a certain degree, a manageable threat. Uh-huh. So, um, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that's, that's fine. But I was also excited to see two particular sort of zombie-killing rampages. And one was Michonne, when she gets her sword back in Woodbury and she lets the zombies out and she just she just relishes in in attacking them and killing them and slicing them in half and stuff mm. like that. I yep. thought it was really fun to watch. And the other one was when, uh, right after Lori dies and Rick goes crazy and he goes back into the prison and he's completely in crazy town and he's mm. just running through the tombs, slicing zombies, stabbing them, killing them any way he can. And uh, I think both were really, really awesome. And both just showed sort of ruthless killing power and excellent poise in uh you know in their ability to you know keep it together at least in terms of of killing zombies so you know while the rest of the season was about humans killing each other it was fun to watch these two scenes i thought of two awesome characters slaughtering zombies mm-hmm. it was yeah. a lot of fun in the zone in the zombie killing zone totally i wish all of our i wish all of our mortal enemies would be slow moving and stupid <laughs> and soft heads <laughs> yes and yeah. soft headed um, yeah, that thing about the manageable threat. Um, they've said that next season the zombies will be more uh, dangerous and, and threatening, which uh, I'm I'm totally happy about that idea. Um, you know, I want them to be more dangerous, but I wonder how they're going to do that. How will they make that transition? Yeah, it that doesn't really it doesn't really make sense because they have been degenerating, right? And 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 I don't buy that. I, I don't think they've thought that um intentfully about that i think the zombies are as easy to kill as is necessary for the story i don't think they're thinking okay this is exactly how much they would have degenerated by this time but but greg nicotero did say um before this season started that he wanted to show that the zombies now were thinner and mm. that they were slowly decomposing and so isn't that kind of degenerating yeah, i guess you're right yeah so i remember then, him yeah. saying that how will they make them more dangerous? Yeah. Next? They'll all get a good meal. Okay. <laughs> well, there's two ways they can make them more dangerous. Either uh, you ramp up the strength of each individual zombie somehow. Give them body armor, maybe. I well, don't know. But they can't just do that. Put them in power armor. I don't, I'm not really sure. Or more of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Throw a herd just at whatever them. situations right. they find themselves in more vulnerable to zombie right. attacks somehow. Or and lurkers. Maybe- and, like, and maybe the prison yeah, population is kind of getting weaker, too. That's another thing, since, you know, they're not exactly finding a new food source. <laughs> so by season seven, they'll just be limping around and the zombies will be crawling <laughs> and they'll be poking the zombies with sticks. Ugh. It'll be and really that the sticks slow. Will, the sticks will go right through them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exciting. 
uh, it'll be interesting to see how they they ramp it up a bit. The other thing yeah. is there's a lot more people at the prison too, and more people, I think, anyways, are harder to keep safe. So yeah. maybe yeah. It's, it's just strictly numbers. Like there's more people, more are going to die because there's more of them. I don't know. More sheer human stupidity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus, I, I we saw some old folks, and they're going to die at some point, and they're going to turn. <clears throat> Yeah, uh-huh. uh, they sure are. That might happen earlier than we think in season four. Actually, I'm thinking. Be. Yeah, that bus that they bust all those Woodburyans in. It said "zombie fodder" on the side. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it was there for. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think Karen number four. Yeah, um, I liked. Um, I liked Woodbury actually. So we were sort of talking about Woodbury earlier. I loved that the I kept thinking all season long, what would I have done? And would I have been seduced by the clean rooms and the showers and the fresh produce that they seem to be growing um, in the little median strips there um, or, um, you know, and the and the hot water or um, would I have under, you know, understood, you know, my would my false prophet radar have gone off? And uh, would I have seen the governor for who he was like Michonne did? Probably not. Uh, I don't have that great of a um, false prophet radar. So maybe I would have been seduced by the hot water because I I do like me some hot water. Um, (laughs) So I kept thinking, where would I have been? Would I? I understood that Andrea, you know, wanted to be clean and have nice clothes. Oh, gosh, it's it's so dreary at the prison. So um, the the lure of Woodbury sort of seduced me all season long. And I actually went and visited Sonoy and had a a great time there. Went to the Sonoy um, Cafe and had a really good lunch and walked up and all up and down the street and took pictures and went to little antique stores. And uh, it was great. That must have been so cool to walk around like the real place that we only know from the show as Woodbury. Yes. It really was. Did you it specifically was, go to check it out, or were you there for some other reason? And it was just convenient. I happened to be there because I was on the set as a zombie, okay. uh, so <laughs> I decided I was staying in um, in Peachtree City, which is the closest hotel you can pretty much find to the set, um, and the set's near Sonoy. So um, one day uh, I had a little time to kill before my flight, just a little bit of time, and decided to go get lunch there in Sonoy and see it and be a little zombie tourist. That and is so cool. They have zombie tourists there because they were selling yeah. uh, they were selling little coffee mugs and coffee beans, and I brought back presents for everybody. So. That is so cool. I mean, why not? They, they, you know, these residents, I'm sure, have put up with a lot <laughs> while they filmed this show there, so why yeah. not benefit from it a bit? Oh, and not just that one. They've uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, Driving Miss Daisy. There have been a lot of shows filmed in Sonoy. They, um, that whole little area is, is, uh, has some pretty good architecture, good buildings, and they use it for movies and television shows all the time. That's Did you cool. see any remnants of the set? or was Yeah. It- Oh, yeah, yeah. There are a bunch of Woodbury signs. Um, Bank of Woodbury was up on on the wall still. They still had the governor's residence, still had uh, Woodbury City Hall. They still had all kinds of Woodbury things still there, Yeah, which was pretty neat. That's cool. I would love to get down there and check it out at some point. Yeah, that would be fun. Mm -hmm. We should all meet up there sometime. Totally. Yeah. It's a date. (laughs) For lunch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Jason. Yeah. So my number four, um, I thought for the most part, the acting was really great this season. I think all the regulars have grown as actors and there were just a lot of really um, impactful moments, but really emotional moments. Um, Stephen Yun and his zombie fight scene 
was awesome with a chair. Yep. yep. Um, scenes between Maggie and Herschel are always really good where it's very, you feel that father daughter relationship and they're very emotional. Like when she got back from Woodbury and she was all blank and he was trying to draw her out or when he was unconscious and she was telling him some really heartfelt things, thinking that he might not ever wake up. And then I already mentioned this, but Sarah Wayne Callie's in her death scene and Norman Reedus, when he had to kill Merle, he, he was good. Andrew Lincoln, when he found out Lori died and it reminded me of Nico crying. <laughs> oh. I was thinking we should like loop all of these scenes together and just play it over and over again until we're this quivering puddle. <laughs> that, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> but they're all, and Carol, like you said, you know, they've all just... When Daryl finds Carol. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That was really good. It's wonderful. Yes. Seems like almost everybody got their sort of big emotional moments now that you list them out like that. Yeah. Yeah. Even T-Dog got to be a hero. He did. Yeah. Yep. He did. We haven't really talked about T-Dog at all, but uh, it, a lot of people were sad to see him go. I was. Yeah. So, so was I. Me too. He got a good death. I wanted to see him confront Merle after... You know, all their scenes in... Yeah. In yeah, that was a little lackluster that we didn't get to see uh, the, that reunion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all sort of expected it. And, uh, you know, one of the things is that they haven't really done what we expect in too many cases, I don't think. So, yeah. you know, it, Merle's storyline played out pretty well anyways. And I think T-Dogs did as well, even though I was sad to see him go. I expected it to be good, and it wasn't. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, T-Dog, he, at least he had a good death. That's right. <laughs> All righty, Jason. So my, my last four, I'm, I'm going to just set the stage here to say that uh, I'm going to start with uh, things I didn't like, things I did like, things I didn't like, things I did like. So those are my last four, and right now number four is things I didn't like. Okay. Or a thing I didn't like. And this was, uh, we're talk- we've talked off and on about uh, zombie soft heads. <laughs> and in the uh, the episode where uh, Daryl and Merle are on the uh, on on the bridge helping out that family in the car, uh, as Daryl was walking <laughs> away, uh, there was a crossbow bolt in the head of a zombie, and he stepped on the head to pull the bolt out, and it was obviously some kind of Nerf football head. <laughs> it was just. Yeah, it was. I remember uh, that. In in my <laughs> honest opinion, it was some kind of prop error. Uh, it should have been a little more sturdy than just this uh, foam rubber head that uh, that he stepped on. I don't know. It was shot from pretty far back, and and uh, it was such a quick thing. They probably just figured throw in a football and and they're that'd like, be done with it. Like, I noticed it. Time. it was, I noticed it too. It was glaring it. and it was obvious, and uh, it was jarring. All right, I I, uh, I did not like that. They could have done better. And they have done better in the past. Well, that's the thing. Almost everything else is done really, really well effects-wise, and then suddenly you get a soft Nerf head. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my number four. All right. Well, my number four is one we've sort of already covered, but this is uh, – well, I said on your guys' show off the top that you know I tried to some in some ways think of things that we talked about a lot on our podcast and our listeners wanted to talk about a lot. And so this is one of those, and it's the whole Lori's body controversy, um, or uh, I don't know. Was there a name for this? Body gate or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> corpse gate. Yeah, corpse. That's even better. Uh, but I think it was the single biggest thing, her body disappearance, that kind of polarized people 
about at least that episode anyways you know we had just as many listeners write and call in and say no i totally got it that zombie ate her body and that's exactly what they showed on screen and we had just as many listeners say the opposite say no i didn't get it at all like what was that and i'm in that group that i didn't really understand the scene i didn't i didn't put two and two together i guess in that her body was gone but that zombie was supposed to have eaten it so um it bugged me a lot and i'm over it now but uh doesn't sound like but uh, <laughs> well maybe not <laughs> um you know it leading into it and Lori's actual death and the delivery of the baby was so emotional and so great and i know there was uh there was an episode in or there was a it was a different episode but you know, right after that, we get this body disappearing thing, and I, it was just executed so poorly. And I, I, I don't know. I I move on from it because I don't want to think about it anymore. It was I didn't like it at all. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I didn't get it either. I thought that the zombie ate Lori, but I wasn't sure. And then Greg Nicotero said it on Talking Dead, and I I was glad he put it to rest. But like. One of you guys, I think Jason said, if if you have to tell people on a show afterwards what happened, then there's something wrong there. Nick Otero directed <clears throat> that episode too. So mm-hmm. if, if there was a failure of that scene, maybe it falls on his shoulders. I don't know. Which is weird because he's all about the special effects, but okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Rick didn't like it either because uh, you remember he was beating up the zombie. That, that- Which was weird, like... What was he doing? Well, he started stabbing the zombie well, right in. He started in cutting it. And a lot I of, was thinking he was going to get Lori out. Get her out? Well, and, yeah, a lot of people said that too that you're supposed to ew. understand that he was going to cut her open and like either verify that she was there or her remains were there or uh, get something out. And it sort of called back to when him and Daryl were looking for uh cutting open the animal. What was it? Oh, they were cutting oh. up yeah, the, yeah, the zombie yeah. looking for Sophia. Looking for Sophia. They were, cut, uh, they were cutting yeah. up a zombie and found a squirrel. Right, yeah, they That's found right. a head, a squirrel head. or Yeah, whatever. so whatever. kind of the same idea there. And, you know, fine, that sort of parallels each other, but uh, it didn't work for me at all with Lori. <laughs> See, I had a completely different read on that. When he started cutting into that belly, that distended belly, you see, my brain was telling me Rick wasn't there for the actual birth of his daughter. Judith. Uh, it was a cesarean section. So I think my brain was going that he wanted to see, just kind of imagine what it was like to be there. I thought he was like <laughs> mentally gone way over the bend. He's in the middle of crazy town, driving down crazy highway, uh, thinking that <laughs> I want to see what it's like to perform a cesarean section on something just to yeah. know what it's like. And that's the only explanation my brain would come up with. And it's way off and it's crazy. I know that. But uh I don't think that it was they portrayed my wife's in there. I have to get her out. Yeah. But that's the you problem. Know, nobody underst well, at least nobody sitting here it. people didn't understand it. Yeah. I, I I think maybe they were also trying to draw some parallel up between that zombie and Lori because it looked pregnant with her and she was just pregnant. Yeah. Um and that just made it feel more confusing to me because for a second I thought it was her. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. When, when anyway. you got the long shot, you it kinda had well, I don't know exactly. It had sort of ratty hair, and, and it was it yeah. was looked like a pregnant belly, and I thought it was her sitting there too, like somehow she'd survived. But nope. <laughs> All they needed to do was throw in a, a mangled, half-eaten corpse on the floor that it didn't have to look like anybody in particular. Just be this pile of meat, essentially, <laughs> and it would have been fine. Uh, totally, and it even would have made sense that Rick 
realizes that yeah, I get you know he knows she's dead, but then he realizes this zombie came along and started chewing her up, and that pissed him off, and he went over and took his frustration out on that zombie. It, it would have worked so much better. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, where are we, now, Karen? Now all I'm thinking about is why would a zombie eat a squirrel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Daryl eats squirrels. <laughs> Yeah, Daryl eats squirrels. Why wouldn't a zombie eat a squirrel? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's good, good point. That's good eating. <laughs> <laughs> Megan and Forrest eat squirrels. That's two of our listeners. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Hey, Megan. Hey, Forrest. Hey, you guys have squirrel-eating listeners? Mm-hmm. Wow. We do. And Megan's pregnant. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I wonder if she's craving squirrel. <laughs> I bet she is. <laughs> Let uh, us know. Squirrel's okay. Okay. Squirrel is the meat that grows on trees. <laughs> nice one all right karen what's your number three? all right all right um for me i know a lot of people complained about the pace of the season but for me the pace at least most of it was right up there so i'm gonna declare the pace of the season um delightful right um right up there for me um a good example of that is um the uh i thought that it it moved fast um the the killer within is an episode in particular the zombie attack in the prison, Lori having her baby, Glenn, um, Glenn yelling during that episode. Can't we have just one good day? Loved that. Um, I like that it, they didn't stay just in one place. I was never really bored this season. It, it, it ricocheted back from Woodbury to the prison to sometimes even the woods. Mm-hmm. And uh, I liked it. It, it um, last season, all the characters pretty much just stayed on the farm or were looking for um, Sophia. This season, um, it went, it, it kind of shot around, and I really liked how zippy it was. Um, a few exceptions, but basically pretty zippy. So, Some people think that it was too zippy and they didn't take enough time for character development. Do you agree with that? No. Good. Me neither. I don't. I don't agree with that either. <laughs> I, I think the pace in general for this season was very good. It was, uh, it was better than season two. I'll say that. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am squarely yeah, on the bandwagon so with this one. I absolutely now, agree. now I'm also hoping that they don't just stay in the prison during season four. Yeah, let me let me be super clear. Because even though they didn't, the prison didn't get as boring as the farm. Mm-hmm. I felt like one more episode with it, and it would have been. And we're going to get one more, so I hope they. I, I'm wrong <laughs> about yeah. that. Change it up, people. Change it up. What I'm thinking is that the prison will be a bit of a home base in season four, and sure. I'm hoping they branch out from there a little bit. You know, uh, we well. might have an episode where they go out on the road for two days or, or two episodes, and, you know, knowing that they'll circle back to the prison because that's where they, like, live technically, you know, I, I could, I think I'd be okay with that as long as they start branching out a little bit. If every episode they're just growing vegetables and hanging out, repairing walls and stuff. I mean, that's going to get tedious. Can I, can I ask a quick question um, for the comic book readers among us, um, all of you basically? Um, quick yes, yes or no question. Are they still at the prison in the comic book? No. Okay. Nope. They left a long time ago. Okay. Um, and I, there's supposed to be a time jump to account for – uh, Chandler Riggs growth spurts, I assume. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, I, although they've already started filming, so they didn't give him enough time to have a growth spurt. I don't think, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> Maybe they injected him hormones. hopefully they'll, um, 
the prison will uh, uh, the way it looks will account for that they will have had time to fortify it and also maybe they'll build some more sets so we can see more of the inside of the prison and you know it'll be more impressive and different you know yeah flower boxes on the windows crops in the yard (laughs) that kind of stuff (laughs) actually that's a good point i mean if they just open up the prison a little bit and we see more of it that might be Mm -hmm. just enough to help yeah 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 for sure Uh, okay my turn right Mm -hmm. yep Number three is the danger level increase. Even though I've complained that the zombies seem too easy to kill, they're in so much more danger this season. Uh, And in contrast to the farm, it makes the farm feel so uh, lush and extravagant and (laughs) spa-like when they can (laughs) stand around arguing about whether they should be, um, whether Andrea should be a lookout or she should be like helping with the housework. Yeah, as they're peeling carrots in the kitchen, (laughs) in the farmhouse kitchen. Now, like they're especially in the vat, the first episode, they're out on the road. They're they're in danger, and you know people are dying every other episode. Right, it just made it feel so much more um, immediate and yeah. tense. And then you see Woodbury, which is sort of a contrast because they're more like the farm was. They're protected, and I think it's interesting that the people in Woodbury don't, for the most part, except for the henchmen aren't really that much a part of a story. They're more like the log carrying people in Lost. They're just kind of in the background. And then I was sort of following that thought line that how the log carrying people in Lost, spoiler alert, pretty much got obliterated. And <laughs> so did a lot of the Woodbury people mm-hmm. in this episode. Not all of them, but um, that was interesting. By the governor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, log, log carrying people in Lost... I always sort of thought they were funny just walking around in the background there. No, you, you sort of knew you'd never, you know, get to know them really. And, and when Lost tried to introduce a couple of them, it was a giant disaster. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't think it was a disaster. Oh, sure it was. But, <laughs> but, uh, do you, do you think we're going to end up with like log carrying people at the prison now that they brought them all over? Oh, I would, yeah. I would assume we are. Oh, yeah. Really? They, the, I think Karen is going to be the, like representative of the log carrying people. Yeah, Not, Karen. Uh, Karen. <laughs> Not sure what that means. No, Karen, the the one that uh, hid under her dead son when the oh, government. Oh yeah, okay. Was. She's been bumped up to um, recurring character next season. So right. chief carrier of logs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna have a prison full of log carrying, or maybe it's like bed making people on this show. I don't know. Right. Right. I think it's doing laundry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason, what's next on yours? All right, so my number three is something I liked, and I liked this a lot. It was Morgan's Return in Clear. I was, I very much, I think that was, uh, that was my favorite episode of this season, was that little bottle episode where uh, we got to see Morgan and uh, just a subset of the cast, and it was just very entertaining. Uh, I really liked that episode, the whole thing. Damn good. Yeah, it was really good, and maybe they could do more of that in season four. That's sort of like what I was saying a minute ago, where... You know, they live at the prison, but they go out and we have a whole episode where it's just a few characters doing something else in a different location. It road trip. Be good. It'd be a road trip. Road yeah. trip, yeah. <laughs> they are planning on doing more of that. And and I think that's maybe one of the big reasons why Scott Gimple got promoted to take Mazar's place because he wrote that episode. Mm-hmm. And they've talked about wanting to do more like that. And I think that's great. But I'm, I don't know, I worry too much. But I, I think, you know, one of the reasons that made this episode great was that it was a change of pace. And so I don't want every episode to be like that, because then it won't be a change of pace. 
Well, that's true. And, I mean, you can't. But more would be good. <laughs> more would be good, but not too much. It's, it's not an exact science, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. My number three is um, I think the parallels between Rick and the governor. And I was thinking about the two characters a little bit when I was compiling this. And, um, you know, I realized both men had lost family members, their their wives. I mean, one happened before the zombie apocalypse and one after. Uh, but both had, you know, have a child involved. Mm-hmm. Obviously, slightly different scenarios. And um, both of the characters kind of started to go crazy and lose it after they lost a loved one. Um, and I thought it was really interesting to see how each character dealt with it and ultimately how Rick managed to pull himself back out of his despair mm-hmm. and the governor kind of went the other way and embraced it almost and just went mm-hmm. full off the deep end you know yep two characters who kind of started in the same place ended up going totally different directions and you know they were the two leaders they were the two that were supposed to parallel each other and I think the show did a pretty good job of of uh, outlining that and just you know playing those two characters off of each other, at least their experiences, you know, of what they were supposed to be uh, undergoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Liked it a lot. Yeah. That reminded me of what you just said of Morgan too. He lost his son. And uh, his wife. And his wife. And he's gone off the deep end. And But in a different way. Kinda. In a different way. But you've got these three guys, Morgan, the governor, and Rick, and two of them have lost their wife and children. Rick's only lost his wife. He's still got Carl around, which sort of begs the question, is that one of the big things that's keeping him sane, you know? And little ass kicker. And little oh yeah, that's, oh, that's right. true. That's, you know. <laughs> Forgot about her. He's gained a daughter. Right. Yeah, he's right. Doing, he's the doing the doing apocalypse great. has been kind to him. Yeah, he needs to get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything will be all right. Yeah, that's all I need. Michelle. Um uh but but he is it looks like he's uh, he's at risk of losing Carl too. So we, it might not be over, you know, this sort of uh, family member, loved one scenario thing here. No, I don't think it is. I think that's going to be a huge part of season four. Interesting that Morgan seemed to blame himself for his wife and kid uh, being lost, but the governor doesn't seem to be blaming himself at all, mm-hmm. sort of, sort of put the blame outside. Uh, so uh, Morgan really internalized it, but but uh, the governor kind of externalized it and is just angry with the world in general. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. All right, uh, uh, where are we? Karen, number Me. two. Me. Um, uh, back to what we've sort of been talking about. Um, clear. I'm going to declare clear to be my pick uh, the entire season. This was my favorite episode. Uh, I'm so glad. It makes me feel glad that Scott Gimple wrote it. Uh, directed by Trisha Brock and Lenny James, who played Morgan, uh, hit it out of the park as a really sad, broken man. Um, it was wonderful. I loved the uh, I loved the bookend um Shots that we got of the hitchhiker (laughs) (laughs) at the beginning, you know. Oh, should we pick that guy? Oh, another. Okay, we're just going past him. I I guess we're going. (laughs) Hey, what do you guys think was in the backpack? A lot of porn. Oh, that's what we said. (laughs) I listened to you guys. Yeah, and and I really like the whole thing about um, 
Carl and Michonne going into the bar and and they want they go in there and and they go and they really want the picture, but they don't get the picture. Michonne's like, okay, just wait here. I'll be right back. She goes in. She's like this stealth ninja. And she not only gets the picture, but she gets the paper mache kitty. <laughs> and it was so cute. Was. I just loved it. I, I really enjoyed the Everybody whole Everybody loved that she got that cat. And I... I think it, it's good writing <laughs> to ever do something like that. I don't know if we'll ever see it again, but it was good at the moment. In the moment, they I need think to it have it nice. propped up next to that flower pot in, in the prison. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it'll be hanging on her wall in the prison. In yeah, you, you don't think she got it as a gift for the last kicker? It could be. Yeah, could be. I think it's not very cuddly. It'll be hanging on her wall, and then she'll get mad at somebody and chop its head off. <laughs> That's true. No, she wouldn't do that. That seems like her, I'd say. <laughs> it's too pretty. She said it was too pretty, Levi. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't hurt it. She's manic. Mm. Yeah, we'll totally. see. We'll see. All right, Jason. Oh, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this kind of plays on some things that we've been talking about, but dualities in the show this year. I feel like they were doing a lot of comparing of Rick versus the governor. And, you know, one is supposed to be the good guy and one the bad, but mm-hmm. sometimes that wasn't so clear. Oh, yeah. You know, Rick kicks Tyrese out and the governor welcomes him in. Granted, it's for his own nefarious purposes, but still, Rick got pretty crazy there for a while and he was, you know, contemplating some pretty dark things, giving Michonne up. Then there's Woodbury versus the prison. Mm-hmm. Woodbury is all nice and clean and, and the prison's dingy and dirty and miserable and uncomfortable. And it's interesting that the, quote, bad guy's in the comfortable place and the good guy's in this hellish yep. place. Yep. <clears throat> there's This is uh, Daryl versus Merle. Mm-hmm. Daryl's the quiet brother. Merle has the big mouth. Um, for the most part, Daryl's loyal to his group and gets shit done. And Merle's out for himself and kind of a screw up. <clears throat> And uh, then there's the whole trusting versus security, you know, openness versus mm-hmm. paranoia or not accepting. That was a big, mm-hmm. like Andrea was too trusting. It's not always clear that which one is the right thing to do. Andrea was too trusting with the governor and Michonne was suspicious, rightly so it turned out. Um, in the end, Rick decides to be more trusting and you wonder, is that the right thing? You know, maybe mm-hmm. not. And then there's the the us versus them that the show always has um, this season. It was like the prisoner people versus the Woodbury people. And I want, I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of that theme. It was big last year, too, with Randall and just being afraid of anybody who's not in your group. And I'd like to um, they've really hit on that a lot and and they've done it really well. But I want some of the conflict next season to come from something else. They wasted a lot of energy on the living versus living. And, and this whole yeah. season was living versus living. They had the living were the enemies and the, the dead were just shambling around on the outskirts. It'd be nice to maybe have something else be a threat. Mm-hmm. May, it, they seem to get a lot of things pretty easy. They they uh, their resources come real real easy. They they seem to have no problems with food, no problems with water. But I'm thinking maybe you can structure something mm-hmm. around how difficult it is to live in the apocalypse. Just saying. <laughs> One of the things that bothered me a little bit is how. Um, how long it took them to accept Michonne into the group, even though she turned up with baby formula and not really as a threat, a direct threat at all. Yeah. Versus yeah. how quickly they they kind of welcomed Merle back in. I mean, they didn't really welcome him, and, and in some ways they were kind of forced to, but it seemed like he became part of the group 
almost instantly. Um, and it took them forever to start trusting Michonne. It was that trip to, uh, it was the trip in clear that is what's really did it. It was the cat. It was yeah. the paper mache cat. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so, I mean, I, I did notice that, but of all the things you listed there, Jason, I think the one I enjoyed the most was the brother relationship between Daryl and Merle and how Merle was always the, you know, the older, stronger, overpowering brother. And it kind of switched towards the end and, and, mm-hmm. and Daryl, you know, uh, uh, he, he grew up a little bit or whatever. And, um, and he became the one who was sort of in charge and, and not, you know, just taking shit from his brother all the time. So I, mm-hmm. I liked how they, they pulled that one off. Me too. Yeah. Well. It did that very well. As far as, uh, wait, what, what did you just mention before? Oh, about letting Merle back in. I thought that too. The, 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 no, Merle about letting him back oh, into okay. the group. The only thing is that they, they only did that because they had to, to keep Daryl in the group. Yes. I know. I mean, it's, it was a bit of a plot device thing, right? But, uh, but they're, they're so distrusting. And even Tyrese yeah, and his group, too, you know? like I, Well, I know. He, remember, Rick was going through his, his trip in Crazy Town yeah. when all that was happening. So he wouldn't have normally acted like that if he had all his, his but marbles. But then they let that hitchhiker go. It's like, uh, I, I think Rick, at the end of the finale, would not have, would have picked up the hitchhiker. Or at least tried to help. Yeah, him yeah, yeah. Mm. Totally. Uh, all right, Jason. That, that's me. It is. All right. So this is uh, this is the thing I hated the most. Okay. About uh, <laughs> this should be good. This whole season, <laughs> it was the uh, the governor's attack on the National Guard group. Oh yes. When he just uh, when he got the information out of the helicopter pilot about the National Guard group, and he showed up and uh, managed to sneak an untrained crew into. <laughs> This group of uh, professional soldiers. Well, they're you know they're National Guard. They're not uh, professional soldiers, but they are trained, and uh, it just was ridiculous. And then the last shot where the three soldiers were falling, tumbling down in slow motion in front of the the, the governor is just it just pissed me it off. It was gratuitous. So much. It was gratuitous. <laughs> it was unnecessary. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. It was uh, it just pissed me off in every way. What, what, if it had been handled logistically better, then would you have liked it? Was that the main problem? Uh, or, or was it like his motivations and things like that? It was too? motivations as well. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I could see the motivation if you uh, read the first uh, novel. Uh, the What was it called? Chris? The Rise, Rise, of, the Rise of the Governor. Rise of the Governor. It sort of made sense uh, because of the ending of that novel near, right near the end. I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, again, if you have to go outside of the show to explain something, then it's not working. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was the logistics, it was the motivation, it was the gratuitous uh, slow motion collapse of the last three soldiers. Uh, why not <laughs> say, hey, we've got this group, we could use a, uh, uh, a group of trained soldiers such as yourself to help us defend it with all this great equipment. Come on over. We can... Uh, I can see that, but I can also see the governor thinking these are trained soldiers. So if anyone's going to take Woodbury away from me, yeah. it's these guys. And that I can understand. I still agree with you. I I thought it was just ridiculous how easy it was for him to drive up, wave a white flag, and then stand there, shoot the main <laughs> soldier, and have his other guys hiding in the bushes and take them all out without yeah. them getting a shot off. It was ridiculous. Um, right. <laughs> but I get why he didn't want to bring them to Woodbury, even though, on another hand, they would be really useful because they are trained soldiers and they're good at that sort of thing. 
Well, if he's yeah, so I mean, charming and so uh, you know easy to get along with, and can uh, <laughs> mentally manipulate people into doing what he wants, yeah, yeah, you know, he would have the skills and uh, personality to win these people over to be on his side. It's a great opportunity to yep. have a core group of uh, trained soldiers to be uh, completely loyal to you and on your side. And he lost it. I remember. I think before that scene. We didn't have any clear indication that the governor was as bad of a guy right, as he was. Right. And we, the comic readers knew, but the regular people, they made it kind of purposefully ambiguous yes. that whole episode. Yes. And then he did that. And they just clearly wanted to show, okay, this is what you're really dealing with yes. here. And yeah. I, I agree it was ridiculous that they were able to pull it off, but it was kind of a stylistic choice. Like, look what a badass he is. He, he He's not even yeah. afraid or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that was my biggest problem with it, though, was the logistics, it, not so much the motivation. The only way that scene could have been a bigger problem with me is if they released doves at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That might have made it awesome. <laughs> That's a John Woo reference. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh all right. So it's you, Chris. It's me. Oh, my God. Number two for me? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to... I've been... Looking back over my list, I, I've been strangely... Well, not strangely, but I've been mostly positive, I think. And this one's going to go a little on the negative side. And, and I think... And it's just that the season finale was a pretty big letdown for me. Um, I'm not going to say I hated it. And in, in retrospect, I think there was lots to like in there, but the things that jumped out at me, I don't know, jumped out really, really extremely. And, uh, I don't know, it, it felt like it wasn't really a season finale. Like it just didn't, I don't know. It didn't, uh, didn't wrap things up so much. There was some, you know, some shocking, horrific things. There wasn't really a cliffhanger, not that that's always necessary, but, I don't know. It, it was a bit of a letdown. Um, the lackluster attack on the prison, which uh, um, I don't know if we talked about. I don't know if it was on anyone's list, but it felt like, you know, there was a build up to this attack uh-huh. and then there wasn't really one. Right. Um, the other thing I didn't like about that scene was, you know, where was Rick, Daryl, Carol, everybody during that attack? I mean, we mm-hmm. know Maggie and Glenn were on the bridge shooting down. We know Herschel and Beth and Carl were in the woods. But where were the rest of them, and what were they doing? And and all we sh- all we got before it happened was scenes of them packing up as if they were going to leave. Um, but we didn't really get any true foreshadowing or hints about actually what they were going to do. And right. I don't want it to be given away to me, but it just there, felt there, like there should have been something, you know. When the governor and his people were inside the prison, did uh, somebody like tossed out a smoke bomb or something? Well, yeah, the, I guess yeah. the smoke bomb went and off and the alarms started that, going off. Did we know who did that? Did we ever see? No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Yeah, it Mm-mm. must have been one of them. But I, I have a feeling that they had some of our guys killing some of their guys. And because the Woodburyans were kind of reluctant and, and in the dark as to what was really going on, it seemed too cruel to show that. And so they cut it, and then that made the battle scene just seem kind of weak. I think that's what happened. So you think they actually did have some, some death? Because there did, you, did you see Colin any? tell us that? Yeah. That we, we met one of the right. Woodbury soldier extras, okay. and I think mm-hmm. he said mm-hmm. that they did. some of them did get right. filmed getting killed, but right. they didn't show it. 
But right. see, that's the thing. Like, I mean, this is these people were supposed to be at war. They they kept yeah. calling it a war, right. you know, and people yeah. get killed in wars. So why cut it if if it seemed too cruel? I I don't know. I think it would have probably felt to the viewers felt justified at the time because of what they we'd had coming up to this. Yeah. Um. So I didn't love the attack on the prison. Um. I didn't love that the governor lived. Uh. But I'm I'm. You know, I'm a little bit more okay with that now because I've had time to think about what they might do in the future with him. We've talked about it on our show. We've talked about it today a little bit, what might happen in season four. And I think there's probably still lots of cool stuff they can do with that character, whether they change him up or not, you know, who knows. But um, at the time, well, I didn't really help like me it. me like it more. Like, what's one thing you think that they might do that would be really cool? Well, I think they might actually... Um, show a parallel storyline going on for a little while and we'll have the stuff going on at the prison and we might have um storyline going on with the governor possibly rebuilding a, a a group of some kind and like it could go in a million different ways i guess but you know hmm. we all sort of thought that woodbury you know and again as comic readers woodbury on the show was woodbury from from the comic and it was going to kind of play out like that but Maybe they're they're doing it differently in the show where, you know, the Woodbury we've seen already was just a taste of sort of mm-hmm. introducing the governor. And now that he's just really, really lost it. I mean, this guy shot up all of his own people and killed them. You know, maybe now he's going to be truly the the, the just ruthless leader that we've, we saw in the comic. And he's going to build up another group and, you know, maybe become a bigger threat than he ever was. Yeah. Greasy you know, hair. Sounds cool. Yeah, and greasy hair. Mustache. And the mustache, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but the scene where uh uh the scene where he did kill everyone, I just I just hated how Martinez and Schumpert s- stood there, standing there doing nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had all this time to stop what was happening and and they just stood there. Even um when uh Ben I'm forgetting mm-hmm. his name, Ben, you know, raised the gun yeah. on the governor. Yeah. It, it just felt like something should have happened there other than the governor just standing around firing. <laughs> like ben shot the, should have yes, shot the governor. Yes. <laughs> Even if so- he shot him and injured him, you know, he didn't have to make you blow his head off, but <laughs> this governor seems something, nice. something. And Shoot his other eye out. <laughs> there were so many opportunities to kill the governor. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And I, so many. Well, Andrea had chances, you yeah. know, and I yeah. can I can put that sort of behind me. But this scene where he was killing everyone, there were a lot of people there. You're not telling was, me yeah. not one of them would at least try to shoot back. Right. I don't know. You think about like these school shootings that happen. And I always think that if somebody really had, I don't know, I probably shouldn't even be talking about this because I don't have any experience, but it seems like if somebody had their shit together, they could rush the person that's doing it, you know, or one person come from one direction and one come from another. But I think they're just so scared that they're frozen. Yeah. In Flight tracks. 93 is a good example of that. Yeah, exactly. When the, yeah. Uh, when the passengers uh, all band together, together and yeah. were determined. But the other two flights that didn't happen <laughs> i don't think they knew yeah, it, yeah you know the, the the fear and the sense of self-preservation completely overrides uh reason and uh planning well i i totally agree with that i mean you're in shock you're you're yeah. frozen in fear or whatever um but martinez and and schumpert those are the two guys that i really think of anybody should have or would have had the ability to do something. Well, they yeah. obviously have daddy issues. Right? <laughs> yeah. They want the approval of the governor. Uh, he can do no wrong. 
uh, he they just want him they just want him to like him. That, right. That's it. Well, you I could guess... tell they were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then <laughs> to just get in, in the, that car. Yeah, they just got in the car and drive away with them. It's <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess at that point they're scared too if they don't get in the car well a they're on their own and b i don't know about you but i'm not sleeping with both eyes shut next to that guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah no definitely not um and really quickly about the season finale it wasn't all a letdown for me um this is a weird one because uh i think rick bringing the rest of the people from woodbury to the prison i didn't really like it at the time i thought oh it's just a big group we're gonna water down everything and they'll all be hanging around doing nothing but when i think about it and I, you know, realized that there will be a time jump before season four. I hope we come back and we see a, a sort of functioning community at the prison. You know, we don't yeah. have to yeah. have everyone in the forefront. But, you know, as we already talked about, there will be people planting crops or doing mm-hmm. things or fixing things. And it's just mm-hmm. we if it's eight months later or whatever, they've had time to do all the stuff that they'd need to do to incorporate these people into the community a little bit better, because it's not going to be really exciting if they show all that in season four. But if we get there, yeah. it's a, it's a functioning group and, you know, things maybe aren't great, but seem okay. Then, uh, yeah. I think I'll have okay his little doctor's office probably. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're right. That's a good point that they don't have to spend the time showing us all of that. They can have it set up over the time mm-hmm. jump potentially. Yeah. I think so. Um, overall, season finale, a bit of a letdown, but not all bad. And that was my number two. Karen, time for number one, I think. Yes. My number one is uh, Michonne. I loved her in this uh, in this season. I love the actress, and I loved her arc this season. She sort of started out quiet and very guarded and she transformed and really blossomed into somebody who speaks eloquently and has become part of the group. And I thought that last scene with Andrea was very sad and and lovely. And um, I think she's a wonderful actress to my career. She's incredible. And I think she's also beautiful. And I, I, I just could watch her pretty much read a phone book. And she has a nice sword. A katana. A very nice sword. It took a while for her character to kind of get going, but once she yeah. did, I, I totally agree. Michonne uh, turned out really well on the show. So yeah. But when people were upset about that, I kept thinking, um, just wait, just wait. Or I would say that, just wait. And then I was thinking, I hope something changes. <laughs> and it yeah. did. And then I was like, yeah, that's all fine. The way she started out, I thought was based on what her experience had been, was totally fine. As long as once she did feel more safe that she, you know, warmed up a little bit. She did. Yeah. She did. And she's, and, uh, yeah, she slowly is. And, and again, if, at next season when there's a functioning community and everything's fine, then she'll be a big part of it. She can sing duets with. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, During talent night. I'm going to rename okay. them the Shambletones, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> they can do dance moves and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Just like Michael Jackson's crew. Um, okay. My number one is Rick's narrative arc. Um, he declared a dictatorship at the end of last season. And at the beginning of the season, he was firmly in command. And it looked like that was going really well. Um, 
but it was weighing on him. And you could see over the course of the season that just having to be responsible for people was really, especially after Laurie died, of course, then he, that's why he kicked Tyrese out. He just thought, you know, if I'm responsible for you, you're going to die. He wasn't, had, didn't have enough presence of mind to think if I kick you out, you're probably going to die for sure. Um, but anyways, after that happened, he started going nuts, couldn't lead effectively then. But when he did finally start to lead again, he still kind of had a piece of his humanity gone. He let that hitchhiker go. And, uh, then at the very end, I think he saw how ruthless Carl was becoming and decided to start being more open with people again and, and trying to be more civilized. And, I thought just thinking about this just for, you know, to be on your guys podcast today, I was thinking in, in some way that's almost like a reverse of his narrative arc in season two. Um, in season two, he started out as the kind of guy or even just in season one to go risk himself to go and save Merle, who's an obvious bastard. Uh, but by the end, he's a harder guy who's, you know, and, and, and the beginning of the of the show Two, he's more like taking everybody's um, opinions into account and stuff like that, trying to negotiate. And then he ended season two with a dictatorship. And now it's sort of the reverse. Mm -hmm. Like he's kind of in a way back to where he started. And I kind of wonder if that's going to bite him in the ass. (laughs) It could. could. I hope not. But Yeah. um, Rick, my favorite scene with Rick in in all of season three was was it in the finale or the one before where he's he's explaining that it's no longer a dictatorship? Um yeah, and he finale. says yeah that was okay that was the finale so he and he's saying how uh um you know we're all in this together and we have to work together we vote on things and so on. I actually think that was my favorite scene with him it was just it was a cool monologue to see him mm-hmm. de- deliver and it reminded me of of a scene from the comic where he delivers a monologue right way back in one of the issues where he declares that we are the walking dead. And I felt like that was a similar moment in the uh, TV show and in the comic book where he sort of kind of had a moment of clarity and, and sort of saw everything for what it was. And in the comic, he had this big line, we are the walking dead. And in the show, when we talked about it on our episode, I had the line, but I can't remember what it is now, but it was similar. It was, you know, something about, uh, you know, this is a, this is a democracy or something. I forget what it was, but um, I thought it was really together. Dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was something like that. I don't know. Um, But anyways, really, really well done. And uh, it, it reminded me of that scene in the comics. So Rick's arc was cool. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Jason M. That's me. So now I'm going to actually, I went from uh, good to bad to good to bad. Okay. Good now. This is my. Uh, I I really liked uh, this scene. This was probably my favorite scene in the whole series, and I think it's the third best thing my TV has ever shown me. It was uh, <laughs> Glenn fighting off the Walker while he was duct taped to the chair. Oh, uh, that was good. Was, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, he was so angry, and it was so good. And yeah. uh, I was uh, cheering for him the whole way. I knew he'd survive, but uh, I thought it was a fantastic scene, and. Uh, it was it was great. Did you though? I mean, you never know. He might he might right. have not survived yeah. that. That's oh, the thing. I knew he was going to survive. <laughs> I had I had ever every confidence in him. You had faith. I it was a great I, scene though. I loved it too. It was it, it was fantastic. And a scene like that could so easily go wrong if it didn't if it wasn't believable. But it they did it really well. 
Yeah. They, they just made, I, I bought into it, you know, it looked like he was in danger, but he was very resourceful and, and he succeeded and it looked great. And the zombie's eyeball popped out. (laughs) Oh God, go, go back and watch it. His eyeballs hanging out, uh, out out on uh, some tendons or whatever you have in your eye. It was gross. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. (laughs) That almost makes up for squishy head. (laughs) (laughs) Eyeball popping. Yeah. Uh, All righty. Well, my number one, and uh, this kind of relates to my number two, which I just talked about, um, and I hinted at it a bit, but uh, I hate to end on a down note here, but I felt like this whole season lacked um, really good payoff. It had some good build-up to some stuff, but nothing paid off. And I think back to the first half of season two, which most people didn't really like, but it paid off with Sophia in the barn, and I thought that was an amazing um, sort of payoff to to everything that had been building had been building up towards it. Yeah, and then and it almost I think made people the, wrote that episode. I think. Well, this guy knows what he's doing, obviously. <laughs> but like it, for me, that made everything that came before it in the six episodes before whatever seem okay and seem better because I knew they were yeah. going somewhere, and they had this really great moment at the end. Um, that doesn't mean your show can be boring until the end, but it, <laughs> for me it worked. But yes. even then, the second half of season two, where things picked up a little bit, it still had this amazing assault on the farm at the end with the barn right. on fire and everything happening. And I just felt like, you know, they're, they they really go for it. They're They're developing something and they really go for the payoff here. Season three, I felt, didn't really have that. And I think it's the first time on The Walking Dead that it kind of let me down with... Uh, with what they were going for. So it, it's kind of, I'm cheating a bit, I guess, because my number two was sort of the letdown of the season finale. But this was just more specific in that the show, for the first time, I felt like didn't really deliver on what it was setting up. Um, now, having said that, maybe since the governor survived, they're going for the really the really long con here, and he'll pay off amazingly in season five. I don't know, but I hope so. Yeah, but that's yeah. not really that. That should have been done in the season finale, right? You don't yeah, yeah. you don't burn that uh, that candle over multiple seasons like that. Yeah, I I agree with that. I'm hoping they do something awesome, but I do think it should have been, you know, more. And they they could, if they wanted to keep them alive, maybe there was a way to do that and still make it really amazing in the season three finale. I I really I don't know this, but I I just feel like Mazzara was driving the show towards. Um, the governor's death. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's off the show is because he didn't agree with keeping him around, yeah. you know? And if you, if the whole season you're driving towards that and then at the end they say, nope, we're going to keep him, then it, it feel yeah, it just feels like there's no climax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I had a whole plan here, no climax. guys. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm sure season, uh, I said five before I meant four, but I'm sure season four will be, will be, will be great. And, uh, yeah. you know, season five is going to suck, but season, season five, four. <laughs> that's going to be terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope you're right. I mean, are you really sure? I, I, I think it very well could be, but I don't know. Well, with, uh, Scott Gimple, I mean, yeah, you yeah, said yeah. he's, he's written some of the best episodes True. and, um, you know, for the most part, I think the the team is the same. It's just the guy who's in charge. And if you have a better guy in charge, as long as the team that makes this show still works well together and under this new person, I think, you know, I think it's hopefully we'll all come together. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think so. Yeah. And and just, yeah, the fact that he's written some of the greatest episodes is says a lot. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. I remember one more thing, too. I I heard about the governor being on season uh, or surviving season three. I'd heard conflicting reports, actually, as to whether he was hired originally just for the season or if he was hired Mm -hmm. originally for the season and beyond. So I don't really know what, you know, the the ultimate plan there was, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you're right. Mazzara was leading up to his death, and it just didn't happen. So, mm-hmm. 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 well, I hope that we find out why Rick still wears a watch. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just likes to know when it's getting toward to be lunchtime, and <laughs> lunchtime is very important. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Three squares a day. Let's say if you could give you know. You could tell Scott Gimple one thing. Okay, I want this to happen, and he would do it in season four. What would you tell him? Um, I would I would ask him to show us more big picture. Um, what's going uh, on? What's gr- going on? Yeah, d- zoom out. Give us give us the high view of what's going on. Interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't agree with that. I don't want to see the big picture. I want to see. Um, the maybe a bigger local picture, but I don't want to know what's happening th- across the country. You you want to live in a cave, caveman? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Come like, on, we're in a cave right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my basement's pretty nice. <laughs> um, a man cave. Well, True. It's more like a six and four year old girl cave down here. But what are you gonna do? It's <laughs> a very manly corner you're in, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the tea set. Uh, oh, there definitely. Uh, Jason, any advice for Scott Gimple? Oh, I, Either Jason? I was hoping that uh, you would go first because I'm <laughs> trying to think of something. I really, uh, uh, I would like to see, I don't know. I'm just going to go with, with my, my governor uh, thoughts here and, and let's, let's do something really cool with him that involves, uh, well, whatever, but you know, maybe him forming a, a new group and I don't want it to be the same as season three, obviously, but just more evil, right? Maybe just more ruthlessly evil kind of ruthlessly evil. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't well, mind that. If I wanted to go a little silly, I would like to see the governor put together a Mad Max, uh, <laughs> road warrior type crew. We can't go a single episode without a Mad Max reference. <laughs> oh, of course <laughs> not. <laughs> put together. Yeah. Put together a bunch of vehicles and make a raid on the, uh, on the prison and then, uh, have a, you know, big spectacular car chase. And people with mohawks and spikes and oh, things yeah. like that. Totally. Maybe uh, an auto gyro of some kind mm-hmm. if they can find one. Here's one thing. If they're going to continue the governor and do something, let's wrap him up by the middle of season four. And then yes. the second half of season Sounds four good. will be something completely new, unexpected, and yeah. uh, different. Let's <clears> not draw him out all year. That's what I'm going to say. There you go. Okay. That's great. Mine is to kill Carl. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just thought of it, but to have at least, I want like one episode that's sort of dedicated to horror movies. That's maybe a, a you know, discreet in and of itself. That's really scary. And at night, maybe there's just one person who's, you know, evading the zombies in, in a dark mansion or something like that. You know, that's what I want to see. Okay. <laughs> Haunted mansion on The Walking Dead next <laughs> <No>. week. <laughs> Casper the ghost. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, 
this has been awesome. Thanks so much, you guys. I love doing this every year. Oh yeah, yeah. us too. It is. Thank it is you. totally cool. Um, and uh, if you know, if if anyone's listening and you haven't checked out Jason and Karen, you can go find them at walkingdeadcast.com. I think I said the Walking Deadcast earlier, so ignore that and just go with walkingdeadcast.com. <laughs> and uh, you can find them on iTunes, of course, too. And uh, check out the event that they're uh, they're having at Comic-Con this year. It's going to be pretty cool. You're selling tickets for that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, head over to their site for info on tickets if you want to go. There's a tiny little chance I'll be there, which might be fun, I think. So it'll be the first time we've met in person if it, if it happens. So that'll yeah. be cool. That's great. I'll buy you a beer. Awesome. I love beer. <laughs> I love beer. <laughs> Thanks, you got. Thanks, you got. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Love. Thanks, guys. Take All right. care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 All right, there you go. Done. Done. Another year done. (laughs) I hope next year's good, and then we'll still be doing podcasts, and we can do it again. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Maybe a little closer to the end of the season next year, too. I know we had scheduling problems this year, but, you know, whatever. It it happens. (laughs) We should. Yeah, we should do that. Uh, What if the show's, like, totally awful? Will you still continue to podcast on it? We're not going to stop. Oh, yeah. We're we're in until this show is going off the air. Probably beyond. <laughs> we started on, well yeah. before the show started, so why would we stop when the show ends? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Jay and Jack are still doing their lost. They're lost. still yeah. doing lost. I mean, I knew they well, had uh, their what do they call that? Uh, the Ramblecast, yeah. yeah. A couple yeah. of things, but that's it's pay per view. It's on the Lost feed. The they Ramble. um they did a whole rewatch of all six seasons, though, right? Yeah, they, yeah, did. they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that is a lot to take in right now. Can Can you imagine getting through all of The Walking Dead and then going through all of it again? <laughs> I mean, it might be awesome, but yeah. they were <laughs> hardcore too. They did uh, two shows a week. Yeah, yeah. They did uh, their recap show and then the uh, the feedback and, show. And they, they, they can't their, have a full time job. Their first show of the week, the night of the air of yes. the Lost aired. Yeah. Yes. Um, and J- then another one a couple days later. It, yeah. It's crazy. Jason, you should go listen to their interview on on the Walking Dead cast because they talk about how they produced. That show and how they did it, you know, the, the night at, the night of, right after, and what it took for Jay to get things together and stuff like that. It was yeah. pretty interesting. I've heard similar stuff, uh, you know, uh, listening to the Ramblecast when they were uh, between seasons and such going on about uh, how they produced it. And... Yeah. yeah, we Good all know stuff. it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Yeah. Bye. 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 Walking Dead News. 
All right, we got one item in the Walking Dead news this week. A and singularity. It's a singular item. It is kind of breaking news because it just happened about five hours ago, or maybe six. This just in. This just in. Um, AMC has released the first production photo from season four Ooh. of The Walking Dead. And I thought we'd take a look at it, break it down, analyze it in any way we can, and uh, come up with ridiculous comments and theories about it. So we're going to overthink <laughs> it just a little bit. Yeah, what, what? come on. What's in his pocket? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it is a... Uh, what What happened? Um, season four has begun production... What is it? The 10th? Four days ago on May 6th. So they are actually back. Everyone's in Atlanta. They're doing it. They're filming. They're Everything's going on. It's happening. They're probably doing something right now. Things and stuff are happening. Or whatever. And whatever. Um, but they've released a photo, and we're both looking at it right now. Uh, it is a picture, which I'll post on our Facebook page uh, when I throw up this episode, but it's a picture of Rick standing in the, in the woods, sort of by a tree, and uh, there is a zombie behind him, out of focus, who doesn't really look like he's posing much of a threat. I don't know if that's a zombie. You don't think that's a zombie? Well, it might just be a dirty person, because why... Uh... You know, the clothes underneath the jacket are of a different style than the actual jacket, and the jacket looks to be way too big. So why, if if this is a zombie, presumably they were wearing these clothes mm -hmm. when they became a zombie? Well, here's what I'm thinking. It looks like a, a woman, yep. long, dark hair. You can't really see the face clearly. It's, it's, it's um, out of focus. And you're right. It looks like there's a torn, white, tattered dress. It looks like... Under the dress, there are black pants, yeah. and then it looks like a man's blazer over top of the dress. Which is way too big for her. Which does, well, not necessarily. You can see her hands coming out. It's not like I the know, sleeves are I know, but the sleeves are, sleeves are rolled up. They look bunched up there at the, at the wrist joints. Yeah, maybe you're right. It does look big. Now, what I was thinking is this was a woman who was wearing her boyfriend or husband's jacket because she was cold or something like that. Right. And then became a zombie, and then that was it. She okay, had it that, that might be a reasonable explanation. <clears throat> um, but other than that, it's hard to, hard to really say what's going on there. If it's not a zombie, then it is an awkwardly dressed person. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that, like, like you said, maybe uh, she's just trying to stay warm. Right. Or dry. And or if maybe it's, she's got stuff in her pockets. And maybe. <laughs> if it's not a zombie, this is an unknown character to us. Yes. So we don't know who that is. No. I am going with zombie, however. Uh, just uh, awkwardly dressed zombie. In fact, that's what I'm calling her from now on. Okay. Awkwardly dressed zombie. We'll see if she appears in the show at all. Now, Rick is also in this photo. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's this guy in the foreground <laughs> who's in focus. Yes, exactly. Who's kind of the uh, the focus of the picture. Yeah, later here. we'll talk about the trees. Yeah, maybe. Um, what do you think of Rick here? My first, the first thing I notice about Rick is the size of his beard. He's got a full beard. Now, it's it, a nice beard. Actually, it is a really it's nice a beard. a really nice beard. He can grow a good beard, or uh, Greg Nicotero knows how to put on a beard. Uh, yeah, maybe. That's. I was wondering that. Do you think they called him like six weeks ago and said, don't shave? 
Probably. I mean, yeah. it's... Well, they talk about this. They've been talking about this for a while. They know what to do, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> this is important. I mean, why not just grow a real beard instead of having to paste on a fake one every week? Well, maybe he's, you know, uh, like a friend of mine who can't grow a beard to save his life. It just turns into this mm. patchy boy beard thing. That's true. You don't want that. This, who knows? It, it looks good on him, though. I no, like it's it. fantastic. He's my beard hero if he grew that himself. <laughs> to be honest, it looks a little too good. It's, it's very well trimmed. It's nice and thick. Right? It's really thick. It's got a good distribution of black and uh, gray. It's not creeping up his cheeks too no, much? No, he looks like he's uh, his cheeks have been shaved. His, it looks trimmed. The neck looks like it's shaved. The neck is, is shaved. So this is, this is a beard by choice. Yeah. Right? He's had the opportunity to groom himself, but he chose to have a beard. Which I would probably do. Because I like having facial hair. I like having facial hair, too. I've got a goatee right now. I can't stand it when my neck gets overly hairy. Drives me absolutely apeshit. Uh, you know what? The neck doesn't bother me. If my just beard gets too long and it starts getting in my mouth, that's what bothers me the most. Yeah, mine is... Uh, I have... Uh, my uh, my facial hair is uh, pretty wild, and right. it starts to go in odd directions. And yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll grab my nose, and then that'll be the end of it, and it drives me friggin' bananas. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. Trim it. I, I agree. As soon as something starts annoying, like it starts tickling you or something annoying, it's bad. Ar- around by the cheeks here, like underneath yeah. your ears, it might start to flip out if it gets too long. You don't want that either. No, I don't, curling I don't, out. I don't think I get that. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, no. If you let it grow really long down at the base, uh, the, like the back of your cheekbones here, most people anyways, it starts to grow out and curl a little bit. My, my wife said, too much. Uh, just <clears throat> uh, since we're going down this rat hole, uh, I've often <laughs> threatened to shave everything off and just grow a neck beard. Like just, you know, uh, sideburns down and then on the neck. Didn't one of uh, uh, Dwight Schrute's relatives have one of those? Yeah. My wife has threatened to leave me if I do such a thing. Well, Ed, fair enough. Yeah. There are certain <laughs> things that uh, will constitute a divorce. Neckbeard is one of them. Neckbeard happens to be one of them. Pantsing my wife in public is, we've discussed this, that would uh, seriously cause her to rethink our relationship. I don't blame her. I don't blame her either. I'd... Pants her at home all you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just not in public. Got it. Okay. No neck beard, no pantsing in public. Rick has his <laughs> pants on, and he has a really nice non-neck beard. Yeah, but his wife is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Too soon? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, he looks dirty, which is fine. His shirt is dirty. His pants look remarkably nice, He's though. got some nice pants on. Those are uh, and, pretty good jeans. And they the... got a uh, rip in the... Near the pocket, though. Uh, oh, yeah, a little bit. You're right. The, the the belt and holster looks brand new. Yeah, he's been taking care of himself. Well, I think he has been. He's he, been grooming, and he's been looking for new equipment, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Rick looks really good here. I like his. I like everything about this, this picture and the way he looks. His hair is pretty greasy. His hair is greasy, but what are you going to do? I mean, you run yeah. out of shampoo. I mean... His beard looks awesome. You're spending too off. much time on the beard. Not enough time. Wash your hair, hair, man. (laughs) Maybe give it a trim. Something. Um, And he's got a bag over his shoulder with what looks like a water bottle in a pocket there, but that's really all you can see of it. Yeah. So the thing here is, though, if that is indeed a zombie behind him, he doesn't seem concerned about it at all. No. You know, he's just standing there, and maybe that zombie's just sneaking up, and he'll turn around and suddenly, you know, take care of her, but I don't know. Maybe he hasn't seen her yet. He needs a hat. If you're outside for that long, you need a hat. Yeah, you do. I agree. I would. I'd I'd wear a hat. Burn to a crisp. I'd find a hat. Dale had a hat. Smart man. Um, uh, so there you go. There's the first photo from season four. The other thing I notice about this is he isn't pointing his gun at the camera, which in almost all the other early production photos from the season he is doing. It's like they're showing off the weapon 
as much as the character. Right. Now they're just showing off the beard. He's pointing his beard at the camera. He really is. Look at that beard. That thing is just coming right at me. That's like uh, my uh, first year of university, my uh, uh, calculus professor, Dr. Giesbrecht. He was my beard hero. This man was the reason I grew a beard when I was 19. <laughs> he just His beard was beautiful. It was just, um, I totally had a man crush on this guy's beard. Just the beard. <laughs> just the beard. I want to stroke it. And, and his name was Dr. Giesbrecht, and how can you go wrong with a mathematician named Giesbrecht? Giesbrecht's beard. Yeah. Giesbrecht's beard. That should be the name of a, I don't know, podcast episode, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All righty. I should look him up on Facebook. So uh, everyone go check out this photo of Rick and the mystery zombie or person behind him. And uh, other than that, the weather looks really nice. It looks sunny. Trees, the sun's, you know, beaming through the trees there. And uh, Did you take a look at the it. other photo? No, there's Click another left. one. Click left. The other way. Sorry. There's another one? That that's, one. That's from last year. You sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's from last year. Yeah, because the train tracks are there, and they only showed the train tracks in, like, the first time they saw the prison. Yeah. And the yeah, that's that's last year one of last year's early uh, promo photos. So okay, but that's not the same pair of pants, and that's not the same shirt. Um, it does sort of look like the same pair of pants, doesn't it? And the shirt, I think, is different. Hard to say. <laughs> but hey, man, what can I tell you? This is this was released as season four, so All hopefully right. they're not lying to us because we just spent like ten minutes. Well, he's talking got a beard. He didn't lie. have a beard in season three, or certainly not that big of a one. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. That's it for the news this week. Now it's time to do a bit of this. Listener feedback. Our first bit of feedback here is in the form of a phone call. Okay. And this comes from Mystery Man on the Internet. Wow. (laughs) He didn't leave his name or where he is from. In fact, I'm not even 100% sure this call was meant for us. But I wanted to play it because it's sort of interesting. Okay, so, but they don't even need the internet to leave us a phone call, phone message, do they? No, that's true. They don't. So they just not, he's a, not even from the internet. They just need a phone. Right. So, mystery person from somewhere out there who has a phone. Who has a phone, or at least access to one. <laughs> yeah, may not even be his own phone. <laughs> well, let's. We let's, know nothing. Uh, yeah, we know nothing. Let's listen to this clip. Oh, I just want to let you guys know that you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Um, on, I think it was last Tuesday, I saw one of you guys at, um, oh man, what's the name of that coffee shop? I don't know. Um, and uh, <laughs> and then one of you had, um, no, it was just one of you, but you had a muffin. Did you buy um, a muffin recently? Oh yeah. With no coffee, and I thought. Uh, no, that wouldn't happen. You could really use coffee with that muffin, <laughs> and. Somebody should definitely buy you guys a coffee. Or, um, I for, yeah, buy you guys a coffee and keep up the good work. That couldn't have been me. I would not have walked into a coffee shop and not bought a coffee. Well, see, I do that all the time. Well, maybe not all the time. I don't drink coffee, so I might go buy a muffin, though. My other question is, how would he know it was one of us? I don't know. I mean, there are. I guess there are pictures of us out there, especially you holding jelly beans and so on. No, but that's how I, I greet people. I, when I walk <laughs> up to somebody, even at coffee shops, I say, and I'm Jason, <laughs> and then I, I place my order. <laughs> you just start with and? Yeah. You don't do that? <laughs> Hi, my name is Chris, and I'm Jason. I, I, I sometimes do that's that. That's how I, you know, I'd say that to people in the street. I just, right. you know, yell it out on the train sometimes. Well, that's your calling card, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's who you are. 
And yeah. That's how people know who you it's are. True. So, uh, mystery man who may or may not own a phone, who may or may not be on the internet, if you did indeed see one of us, you should have come and said hi. Yeah. And said, hey, I listen to you guys talk about The Walking Dead and various other topics sometimes. Just don't say nice muffin. Uh, that's well, a nice muffin you've got there. Well, I might have offered it to him if he'd said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Thank you for calling in. This email comes from Chris in Alabama, and he writes about plot device shields, which is something we've talked about. Yep. Characters never being able to get killed um, because they're essential to the show. True. He writes, the phenomenon of not being able to shoot living human targets is actually a very real problem faced by military and police forces. People that have perfect marksmanship uh, ratings on the shooting range often fail to make consistent killing shots against a living opponent. Psychologically, animals and people are hardwired to posture, submit, or flee, and will rarely attempt to outright kill an animal of the same species. It takes special training like Rick has, or a psychological problem such as the governor or Merle have, to be able to make a kill shot with your subconscious mind causing you to flub the shot, without your subconscious mind causing you to flub the shot. Typically, the military will try to teach its soldiers to dehumanize the enemy or use some sort of mechanical means like a rifle scope to emotionally distance the shooter from the potential victim. Uh, Chris goes on more in detail about this sort of uh, phenomenon in people, but uh, I think he makes an interesting point here in that it's not as easy as we may think. And as TV viewers, you know, people are getting shot and blown up all the time, but in real life, it's not so simple. I... You know, I never really thought about it <clears throat> in those terms, but uh, I can absolutely see that. I can absolutely see that that would be a psychologically very difficult thing to do. Yeah, even Actually in... point and pull the trigger. Uh, I don't think I could do it unless my... I mean, I guess unless my life was really, really absolutely in danger. But even then, I'm not even sure because I've never been in a situation like that. Right. And hopefully never will hopefully. be. Hopefully. Um, so it, it, it in some ways kind of explains the you know, inability for anyone to actually shoot another human being properly, but, you know, hit walkers in the headshot every time. Well, they're, that's dehumanized, right? They're completely non Exactly. Exactly. They're not human anymore. They're monsters now. Yeah. Um, now, the only thing about this that I still think is a little bit weird is that none of our characters... Um, have any tendency to not actually pull the trigger. There's a lot of shooting going on. Yeah. There's just no hitting going on. Yeah. The, the only other thing is I don't think they haven't, if that is true, why uh, the governor was able to uh, get all of his people out of the prison without anybody getting shot, uh, then they need to explain that. That I, you know, I can't believe it was a difficult thing to do. I just wanted to scare them, uh, the fact that they've uh, emotionally couldn't follow through with the killing of all these people. They needed to show that on the screen. They did not show that on the screen. No, they didn't absolutely at all. And I think your theory of them just trying to scare them away is a much more uh, likely scenario. Right. And I, and I have bought into it much more than I maybe did on the air when we were recording that show because yeah. I've thought about it a little bit, and that's for sure, I mean, what they were trying to do. My problem with that scene was more that, well, there was— you know, some issues with it, but my problem was mostly that they didn't really explain anything about what was going on in that scene, in my opinion. They just sort of, you know, they showed the, the, they showed the, uh, the team prison packing up 
and then they didn't give us any indication of what their actual plan was. And I right. didn't want it all spelled out, but I would have liked to hint a little bit, yeah. you know, sort of. So they need they also needed to explain what happened. True, what happened after well, the they, fact. Yeah, somebody needs to, you know, get on the on the screen and say, "Oh good, we scared them. They won't be back." <laughs> you think know? that would be simple. <laughs> yeah, to do. I mean, a little bit better written than that cuz, you know, that's a really crappy line for Glenn to have to spew out in the middle of a a yelling conversation with with Maggie, right? Well, that's why you're not the writer. I am not the writer. I'm just the watcher and uh, Monday morning quarterback. That's right. <laughs> okay, Andy from the UK writes in about how The Walking Dead might end. And he says, just listen to you talking about the end of the series, but how would you like it to end? I know Kirkman has said he doesn't like zombie movies ending as they usually uh, head off somewhere in a chopper or all die, but really what else could happen? A cure? I'm not sure what kind of ending would be satisfying. Unfortunately, I see the show losing viewers over the years for whatever reason and end up canceled like a lot of other U.S. shows. But it just can't run and run and run like the comic, can it? Jason? Um, no, it's got to end. Obviously, it has to it has end. To it's a TV end. show. It's not a comic that can go on forever. I don't think it'll... Uh, I think that any ending that comes, they're going to get uh, at least a season's worth of warning. Like, it's not just going to be, hey, we left on a cliffhanger. Oh, we didn't get picked up for another year. Too bad. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be Gilligan's Island where they never get off the island. Right. Right. So it is going to end. They are going to get a little bit of warning. They are going to be able to wrap it up, much like Lost or Battlestar Galactica. Those ended, you know, some wildly successfully and wrapping things up others uh, like Battlestar Galactica not to name names but uh, kind of wrapping things up and they really had no idea how to wrap that up in my opinion I don't know I mean uh, no, not many people really really liked the ending of Lost I was okay I really liked the ending I was, of Lost I, okay well you're one except of the except for that guy who broke his foot I really liked the ending of Lost I, I was okay with it too uh, many other people's biggest problem was that they didn't really give you any answers. They just sort of ended it with, here's what we're going to tell you, and that's it. And people were people were really looking for answers to all the mysteries, which almost isn't, I mean, you can't almost even expect that, really, with that kind of a show. I, I don't understand what answers they didn't give. I thought they wrapped everything up. Like, is there any still open questions? Well, I don't know anymore. It's been a while since i Well, except I for Walt. Like, what the hell was going on with Walt? That's the only right. thing for me. But that was not wrapped up long before. Like, they moved on from Walt on season two. They did, because he just got too old. Um, they, uh, But they explained the numbers, right? They were a part of some formula to predict the end of the world, if I'm not mistaken, right? Something like but that. But they didn't explain things, or did they? How? I mean, I don't want to go too deep into this right now, but, like, <laughs> the island moving and all the time travel and stuff. But again, like, were they real? Did you really expect them to explain the mechanics of time travel in the show, right? No, they didn't explain the mechanics, but they explained the reasons why. Right. The island has to be protected. The island is a sentient thing. It protects itself, and it's not limited by your, hey, I need to put this thing on a train to get it from point A to point B. It's just like, it's the island, man. It just goes where it wants. Goes where it wants. If it doesn't want to be there anymore, it's going to be someplace else. That's right. If it wants you on the island, you're going to stay on the damn island. And if it doesn't want you, you're not going to find it. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of explanations I don't think are enough for for some people, though. Well, they should stop watching TV or right. paying attention <laughs> to any kind of media, really. Okay. Now, The Walking Dead is different than Lost, though, because there aren't those kind of sci-fi-type mysteries. No. There are characters that are dealing with a hor horrible situation. True. And there are good guys and there are bad guys. Yes. And there are people in the wide range in between, too. So... 
The Walking Dead as a TV show has to end at some point, unlike the comic, um, which kind of has to end too at some point. And good God, I hope it does. Right. Um, like but, with 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 planning and not just kind of uh, right. Oh, uh, we stopped for whatever reason. It's just like yeah, no more. Yeah, no, you can't do that. I mean, Kirkman in the comic has to has, he has to decide on what story he wants to tell and how it's actually going to wrap up. And he should be able to do that. You know, he's a smart guy. With the TV show, they've got to do something similar. Now, as it stands right now, it seems like we are likely multiple seasons away from this getting to that point. Right. I mean, highest rated show on TV. You don't think AMC is just going to walk in and cancel it all of a sudden. No. Um, uh, they did that with Gilligan's Island. I don't know. <laughs> was it the highest rated it show It was on up TV? there. It was a very highly rated television series, but the uh, uh, I forget whether it was on CBS or NBC, but the, uh, the the wife of the president of that station liked Gunsmoke better and wanted it in that time slot. So they're like, well, we don't have room for this show anymore. That wouldn't happen in the modern TV. Not age, in it, well, I don't know. Not when that kind of money is rolling in, I don't think. The thing is, let's say we get... Two more at the, I, I'd say at the minimum we get season four, season five, and six. Right, and if, six is a good run. If, if six is a really good run, that's essentially what Lost was. Battlestar was eight. five. Uh, Lost was eight. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was no because the well, okay, maybe the sec- last two seasons were short, so it might maybe technically it was eight. Um, Battlestar was five or four. Uh, that I don't know. I think that was five. Yeah, but five anywhere from five to eight is a really good run. Oh, sorry, Lost was six. That's yeah, it. see, Lost was six, and the last two were only sixteen episodes. The first four were twenty-four or twenty-two or whatever. But but with The Walking Dead, I think we're going to get at least three more, including um, including four, five, and six. And at some point in that run, maybe you know after season five, we might get word that. We're going to do season six and seven, and that's going to be it. Something right. like that, and that would be completely satisfying for me because it's it's long enough to tell as much story as you want to tell, but it's not fourteen years, and it goes on way too long, and you know they have to change the whole cast, and everyone's dead, and they try to do stuff that you know conflicts with season one and stuff like no, that. No, you can't have a show that's like this. It's basically serialized, one story over a whole season kind of thing. You can't. You can't have that go on for 14 seasons. You could do that with a show like Law and, or- Law and Order because it's a procedural show that complete had complete cast swaps, but it was still a good show. I'm right. sad that it's gone. Right. Or The Simpsons where nothing ever changes. Right. Which is fine because it's animated and nobody has to grow up. That's right. Right. You just you know keep paying the actors. They keep showing up and keep doing the voices. Yeah. What a sweet job that is. Eh? <laughs> it's a great <laughs> job. And you get paid really well. Oh, very well, that, I'm sure. For that successful show. Yeah. Um, so let's say we get four more seasons of The Walking Dead. Okay. Who knows where the show will be at that point? Um, let's break it down, though. What characters would you like to see survive all the way until the end? Me? Personally? Personally, uh, you. I want, uh, the one, the most I want to see survive till the end is Carol. Carol? Carol is, uh, is on, on my list of, uh, of survivors. Why is that? I don't know. I just think she's cool. I think she's going to roll into the uh, what Andrea was in the comic, mm-hmm. uh, or is in the comic, up to my knowledge. Uh, I think that she's going to roll into that kind of uh, in, into that kind of role, and I think it's it's going to be fantastic. And I think that uh, there's a lot of potential for Carol. So, you obviously you foresee her becoming a bigger part of the show. 
Like now she's a, she's, she's a, a fairly she's good a solid size. yeah she's a she's a solid part of what the show. What did I say? She's a fairly good size <laughs> character. <laughs> um, she's a solid part, but she's not leading role like Rick um, or uh, Daryl, for example. And that's how you survive, right? You keep your head down, and your mouth shut. Yeah, right. You don't uh, you don't survive for a long time by being the governor. The governor kind of is a blaze of glory kind of guy. You go, you go bigger, you go home. But that's not how you survive a zombie apocalypse. No, that's keep true. your friggin' head down and don't do anything stupid. Yeah, and you'll you'll ride it out. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, I'd like to see myself. You know, I'm not even that attached to Rick, although he's a good choice to see go all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, but there have been rumors that he might not survive season four. So right. We haven't really reported on those here, but it's mostly because I don't really believe them in any way. No, there's, there can't be any, you know, real tangible uh, evidence of that. No, not at all. Um, but I just don't even buy it. Like, I just don't think that this show will kill Rick. It's their number one character. I know they say that nobody's safe, but that's just marketing, posturing, yeah. right? So, well, yeah. I, I think Rick will survive, or if lead, he lead dies... Lead characters have left shows before. Look at Charlie Sheen. I know, I know. But that's not for, you know, you know uh, character reasons, right? It's not for plot reasons. No, it's, that's it's for... Charlie Sheen reasons. It's for personal, wacky life reasons. Or Shelley Long. Shelley Long left Cheers when it was at the height of its popularity. Sure, but uh, Ted Danson never did. No, he's not an idiot. Shelley Long was an idiot. <laughs> Right? Uh, okay. So people are idiots and they leave popular shows. I understand. And go nowhere in a big hurry. I understand. So if, if Rick or if Andrew Lincoln decides to leave the show, then I, then fine. Maybe he'll be written out if they're not ready to end the show. Right. But, you know, assuming that doesn't happen. I mean, everything we hear is that everyone loves working on this and they're the happiest they've ever been and so on. Um, strictly from a storytelling standpoint, I don't see Rick being killed off or leaving the show in any way. No. Um, I feel the same way about Carl. I feel like those two are going to be stuck together for the duration of this thing. You know, in uh, a year from now, when we're talking about the end of season four, hey, maybe I'll be wrong. But right now, I think those two are absolutely 100% safe. Otherwise, I think anyone can go. Daryl? Um, yeah, I think Daryl can. I think Daryl will go at some point. You think so? I think so for sure. It might be one of those things they hold on to until the show starts dipping in ratings a bit. And then they kill Daryl to create buzz. Right. You know, that's a, sh- that's a risky move because it's short-lived. You, you, create, you create buzz for a short time, but then you're left without your best character. <laughs> right? right? So, I don't know. I would like to see Daryl survive, though. If I had to pick one, it would be, I might pick him. I might also pick um, Glenn and Maggie. You know, Glenn and Maggie would be a good one. Actually, that uh, kind of rolls into how I think the show will end, or what I'd like to see as an ending to the show. So expand on that. All right. So, uh, you know, I was thinking about this the last couple of days. Just, uh, you know, what would I like to see as the final episode of the final season? Uh, you know, whatever year that happens. And I think that uh, Maggie and Glenn would be a, a good ending. What I want to see is a Rose and Bernard kind of situation in Lost. Right. Remember that they just kind of disappeared. 
Yep. They found each other after, you know, amazing circumstances that uh, Bernard was in the tail of the plane and Rose was at the front. She had his ring because his hand expanded when he was in the air. <laughs> right. And uh, she believed he was alive. Everybody thought he was dead and she was delusional. But they found each other. They fell in love again. And uh, well, they were still in love. And then they, they basically built a home for themselves on this island. It just stayed out of everybody's way. And that's what I think the uh, the show, how the show is going to end, or at least should end, is that uh, they're not in a grandiose, they're not in the prison, they're not in this big area, they're not in a town, a walled-off town. It's just uh, we found a small niche where the zombies aren't a problem, we're on a, on a cliff top somewhere, on top of a mesa or somewhere that the zombies can't get to or they're not a problem anymore, and they're just staying out of the world's way and uh, you know, settling down and being happy. Do you think there's any way to address the zombie situation, though, and make it so that it is no longer a problem? I mean, based on the rules of this world where everyone is infected and working on the assumption that society is essentially broken down, we've lost most of our technology, and therefore there's no one out there working on a cure for this virus or whatever it is, that's not going to go away. So do the zombies ever become less of a threat or less of a problem simply because there's not as many of them? Well, uh, or is that just too far down the road to even foresee? It's a little far down the road, but let me ask you this. Do zombies rot on their own? And they will, do. They, yeah, well, then at some point they're going to completely be non-functional. All of them are going to become non-functional. Mm-hmm. And say it's been a year since the, uh, the zombie outbreak. Uh, a year or so. Uh, yep. So in 10, they're not going to be a problem anymore. No. Un- unless the people that are alive die. And it, by that point, uh, society will be stable enough that, you know, at some point, uh, a lot of cultures bury their dead, mm-hmm. you know, for sanitary reasons, primarily. Now it's going to be get rid of uh, the people that pass away because if you don't take care of it, it's going to be a problem. Right. So uh, I think that society will stabilize in that in that way. Everybody will be infected forever, but it'll be a manageable thing. Well, obviously, you know about it, so you can deal with it, right? As soon as someone dies, well, you know what to do. Right. Um, and, and you're right. I think the zombies will continue to decay and therefore eventually just not be a problem, the ones that are existing right now. The thing is... Um, you know, my first thought was, well, they're going to run out of food. They're not going to have anyone else to eat. Uh, not that they really need that, but there's always going to be animals. They can always eat animals. It's true. And animals are going to continue to repopulate and procreate and so on. So there will always be that food source for zombies. But you're right. They'll continue to deteriorate. At a certain point, not really any new zombies are going to be created, or not many. Right. And uh, then you start just sort of losing them, and they start bec- becoming you know, no threat, basically. So, yeah, I think Glenn and Maggie on a little farm somewhere, you know, with some horses <laughs> and cows and sheep. And Judith. And uh, Judith. And they they all live happily ever after. Um, would be a nice, happy ending. It would be a nice, happy Well, that's, how, that's what I see. I don't see... Uh, the other options are, uh, you know, everybody dies. A nice, you know, dark ending. Right. Uh, or they run into, uh, you know, they make it to Cheyenne Mountain, and everybody's on the inside of Cheyenne Mountain, and they have running water and hot and cold internet, and they can (laughs) uh, do whatever they want, watch TV, and, you know, eat popcorn and watch movies for the rest of their lives. Yeah, 
that's probably not going to happen. No. But um, I, I think here's 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 what I hope happens. I hope the show has a suitably depressing ending or suitably dark ending that has a glimmer of hope. That's what we need. I mean, we need to be left with something that we can talk about, first of all, something that you'll remember. And I think that kind of ending where, you know, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, but it's also not everybody's dead and there's not a soul living, a living soul left on the planet, right? right Those right, are the right. two extremes. If we end up with most of the people dead, um, yet the zombies aren't quite a, as much of a threat or no threat anymore, and there is this glimmer of hope that whoever is left can, at the very least, live out a um, <clears throat> enjoyable rest of their lives, or, you know, maybe beyond that, start to rebuild civilization somewhat. Right. Well, the biggest issue I think is going to be uh, society. Right? Yeah. Society's. Uh, you know, when I say society's got to stabilize, we got to get rid of things like uh, the governor and uh, you know roving bands of uh, Mad Max type people. Yeah. Uh, so that that's going to be tough, and that's going to be the, that's going to be a, a, a tough nut to crack. It will. And the problem with getting rid of those people is those people are the hardest to get rid of. Right. If you're nice, friendly people that want to create a community and not a community like Woodbury that's run by a tyrant, but but like a fair, just community, you're always going to have roving bands of Mad Max people coming along trying to take that over. And they're good at taking that over. Yeah. Right. So that's the problem. It's hard to rebuild that community while those people are out there. That's why they have to find a nice little spot and stay out of everybody's way. Yeah, and go for it there. They just have to. That's what Rosa Bernard did. They just they didn't uh, they didn't side with the others. They didn't side with the other others. They didn't side with the castaways. Uh, they just kind of found a spot and they're just staying out of everybody's way. And it's like, hey, you want to come with us? We're leaving the island. No, we're happy. We're good. Thanks. We're just gonna stay. Well, there you go. So uh, I think we're a good three or four seasons away, anyways, from that. Um, but we will see. Yeah. Lots of time to figure out what's going to happen. Sure is. <laughs> Thanks, Andy, from the UK. That was our longest discussion yet. That was a good question. Prompted by, uh, prompted by a, a listener, I think. Um, all right. Justin. Oh, yeah. Justin from Kansas writes in. And I'm not going to read his email because I'm going to save it for potentially another time. Okay. But I, I, I thought of something here. And he, he wrote in and wanted to know what our significant others thought of The Walking Dead. Right. You know, we get on here every week and talk about it. Most people who are listening, we talk about our wives, our kids. Um, my kids, they don't watch the show, so they don't have an opinion, but our wives do. And uh, so Justin was wondering what they thought of it. And he said we should have them on one day to do a spouse cast or something like that. Right. So we're going to try and put something together. Well, that'll be fun. That will be a lot of fun for sure. Uh, I don't know when. It, we might save it for a little while or maybe do it leading into season four or something like that. We'll we'll figure it out. But we'll have the wives on and we'll talk about the show and see what they think. Yeah. He specifically wanted to know um, about the Rick, Shane, Laurie relationship and see if, you know, the, the ladies had a different take on that. Because I think he said his significant other did have a different take on it. Right, so, right, right. So we'll get into that. Now, that's what we're going to do. But... I, something occurred to me that I thought would be really fun. Okay. And I don't know if this will work. I don't know if anyone will do this, but here's what I'm thinking. What I want to do, we have lots of people who write or call in sort of regularly, right? We get the same listeners calling and writing all the time, which is fantastic. That's yeah. really great. We hear, from, we hear from regular listeners all the time. You know, what I want to do is every one of you who've called in 
hey, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't matter really if it's only been once or it's been 30 times. But if you have a significant other, a husband or a wife, boyfriend or girlfriend, I want you to see if you can get them to call or write in with their thoughts. That'd be fun. So they got to let us know who sort of their their spouse is so that we can kind of keep track of who the listeners are. Not that it's really that important, but you know, if if you, Jason, were a listener yes. and you were calling in every week to let us know, what I'm asking for you to do is to get your wife, Jenny, to call in instead one week and say, hi, my husband, Jason, loves your show. Here's what I think. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't we can have an all... Uh, significant other show. We'll have our significant others on, and we'll uh, read email and listen to calls uh, from other people's significant significant others. I think that would be they really watch fun. the show. They don't watch the show. They love the show. They hate the show. Whatever. If you even if if your significant other wants to comment on your love of The Walking Dead, even also, if they don't watch the show, I hate the fact that my wife watches this show. It drives me friggin' bananas. All I want to do is sit and watch cooking shows, and she wants to watch zombie shows. And uh, you, I can't anyway. That's what I want to know. That'd That's, be awesome. I think it'll be fun. Now, I this might be too complicated to pull off. I don't know. I'm not that smart, but it it might be cool. So, anyone out there who has a significant other, and 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 you want and I want to know their opinion is basically what's that'd going be, on. That'd be fun. So it'll be fun. So Justin from Kansas, thank you for the great idea. We will put together a show with our wives at some point. Um, but we want to hear from your wives. It's a, this is going to be a community effort. And husbands and boyfriends and girlfriends. And everybody. Yes. Yeah, this is a community effort. We all have to pull our weight and get this thing done, so it'll be a lot of fun. Totally. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. What are you going to do? Whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it for listener feedback. Before we wrap up, um, we are going to an- announce our first Walking Dead actor spotlight of the summer. Cool. And I like uh, these. They're fun because it gets it lets us branch out a little bit. You sometimes know? you watch stuff and you're like, "Hey, it's really neat to see that person in that show. It's really good." And other times you watch stuff, it's just like, "Oh my god, when is this going to be over?" Right, but that's part of the fun. It is, you know, it is. <laughs> it is part of the fun. Um, I think I've picked four things here. Now I apologize for not running these by you before, but I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you'll be okay with it. Um, but I've picked four things here for our our subject. Sure. This time, yeah, and uh, I think it's going to be easy to watch these. I don't think it's going to be one of those scenarios where I can't wait till this is over. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. There are no musicals, so you'll be happy about that. Uh, well, and, okay, <laughs> I take offense to that. It's not that I don't like musicals. It's just that there are specific musicals I do not like. Which is all of them. That we've talked about so far. <laughs> there are other musicals that I like. All right. So, sorry. here's who we're going to spotlight. Denai Guerrera who plays Michonne, of course. Right. We're going to start with her, and here's what we will watch. And again, I think this is going to be one of those ones where, you know, she's acted, but she hasn't had a lot of big roles. Michonne is probably her biggest role so far. So I had to choose things sort of hoping that she would be in it more than for one scene. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. But I've got three movies and an episode of TV show. So the first movie is The Visitor from 2007. Richard Jenkins film that yep. I've never seen. No, I, I own this. Yeah, there you go. So have you watched it? Uh, no, my wife has, but I uh, I haven't watched it. Well, there you go. She now, really liked it. Now you have to. So we'll be watching The Visitor from yep. 20, uh, 2007. Restless City from uh, a couple of years ago, 2011. She plays Cece. Cece. There you go. Restless City. My Soul to Take. I think it's a horror movie from 2010. Right. Um, we got to throw that in there because, you know, there's elements of horror to The Walking Dead, so we'll see how they 
sort of matchup. And then her first appearance on the TV show Trem, or Trem? Treme. Treme. Uh, season one, episode four, called "At the Foot of Canal Street." Oh, this is a good, uh, a good on ramp for this show for me. I've always kind of wanted to watch this show. Mm-hmm. My wife watched the first season; she thought it was great. It's got John Goodman in it. Well, you love him, exactly. There you go. So I've always been looking for an excuse. So if she's in episode four, I'm just going to start at the beginning. I thought that might be the case. I might actually do that too. Because why watch four and then just? You know, it's right near yeah. the beginning anyway. Yeah, just watch the show. If you you know, if you don't like it, stop watching and skip to episode four. If you do like it, then well, I'll just keep going. Yeah. And she's in, I think, six episodes. So if you do get into it Oh, it's a big part then. That's uh good. yeah. I just don't know how much she's in this first one, but I figure choose the first one, why right. not? Um but if you do get into it, feel free to just go through some more, you know, the rest of it and you can comment on some of the other episodes, maybe. Sure, sure. But I will likely just watch the fourth one or maybe one through four, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, so The Visitor from 2007, Restless City from 2011, My Soul to Take, 2010, and Treme, season one, episode four at the foot of Canal Street. Um, we will probably spend the next two, maybe three weeks probably to watch these. We'll do our next podcast in three weeks. And we'll uh, run through all these and talk about them and so on. So what we want you to do is play along at home if you really want to. Yeah. And watch these movies and episode of TV show. And then uh, send in your thoughts on Michonne or Denai Guerrero's back catalog of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got other movies and other you know, appearances on TV. But uh, most of them, I think, are pretty small. So we we'll We just have we'll to see. pick and choose. Like, we can't watch everything. No, exactly. We've got to pick and choose. And that we wouldn't can... be a spotlight. That would be a floodlight. Yeah, an actor's <laughs> floodlight. We're going to watch everything they've been in. Yeah, we could do that with um, uh, Glenn or maybe Beth. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, not some of these uh, more longstanding Jeffrey actors. Jeffrey DeMunn would be tough. Ooh, that would, we'd, uh, we'd have to spend a year doing that. <laughs> Man. Um, even... Uh, even uh, Lori Holden, she's been yeah. acting a long time. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, so play along, watch at home, and let us know what you think of Denai Guerrero in these past roles. And if they have, you know, if you see anything that she's brought to The Walking Dead sort of from these other roles. That's kind of like, kind of what we like to do. Often, you know, it's hard to do that, but whatever, it's fun. Yeah. So in three weeks, we'll be back with our actor spotlight on Denai Guerrero. She's the first one for the summer of 2013. Spotlight Summer. Let's call it Spotlight Summer. Spotlight Summer. There you go. Uh, After that, we'll pick somebody else from the cast that we haven't previously done. And then there's always the chance that we'll revisit somebody who maybe's recently left the show or just has such a catalog that uh, it's such a vast catalog that we can pick and choose some more stuff from it. Yeah. You never know. Fun, fun, fun. All right. And with that... I think it's time to wrap up the podcast. Now, I do want to remind everyone about our short story contest that is running. We have a number of entries already. Awesome. So it's it's uh, so far so good. And the idea is we are looking for people to write short stories, a thousand words or less, and submit them to us. And they can really be about pretty much anything you want. But uh, we are a Walking Dead podcast, so keep that in mind when you're coming up with stories. Anybody uh, Has anybody written in longhand yet? Uh, and actually mailed it into us, or you know, scanned it and sent it in. No, so everything's been typed. Everything has been typed. All right. Well, if you send in a story and it's exactly a thousand words, you get extra points without trying. Like this is the 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 end. <laughs> you, that doesn't count. 
Uh, for the record, you don't get extra points, but it would be cool <coughs> for me. <laughs> okay, you I'm one it. of the judges. I can judge on whatever criteria I want. Uh, I suppose that's true. He's one of the judges. <laughs> He's one of the three judges. I will also be judging on uh, letter distribution. How many times the letter E appears yeah, compared to the letter R? And if E is like way overused compared to R, then you know you are going to have a lot of work on your hands <laughs> evaluating these stories. Analysis, my friend, it's all about analysis. I will just be reading them and hoping that they're <laughs> awesome. So uh, write a story, write a short story, send it in. Go to uh, our website for more details on the exact rules and the details. But you have all summer to do it. So even if you haven't started or this is the first you've heard of it, you have time to you know, uh, outline, come up with a basic outline, a structure, flesh out some characters, and, uh, you know, put it all together in a cohesive package. So you've got some time. The deadline is one week before the season four premiere, which happens sometime in October. The exact date is to be announced. Mm -hmm. Unknown at this time. That's exactly right. By us. By us. Probably known by somebody. Maybe. If you're the somebody out there listening, come on, throw us a bone. Let us know when it is. I mean, we've all worked on projects where nobody knows when it's actually <laughs> going to be released, right? God, I've done that. We've yeah. got an idea. It's just like, yeah, sometime in October, we hope, but you never. nobody knows. It's just like, well, we'll see how it plays out. It's exactly what we've got going on here. Yeah. It's a mystery deadline for now. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it. If you'd like to give us a call on the Zomb line, that's one 483 Z-O-M-B. That's 866-483-9662. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Talking Dead. Finally, our email address is talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Send all correspondence, questions, comments, and thoughts to that, to one of those things. Somewhere. Somewhere. Um, and, and unlike the mystery man caller earlier in the show, please let us know your name and where you're from. It really helps us, uh, pin and, you down. And what kind of muffin we had, cause that might pin it down where and who, right? Oh well, yeah. Cause you like different kinds of muffins than I do. I do like a chocolate chip muffin. Yeah. See, I don't like chocolate chip muffins. That's crazy. I always get blueberry. Well, blueberry's good too. Those could easily be mistaken from a distance though. Well, Yeah. <laughs> All right. Big thanks to Jason and Karen for the crossover this week. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, we got uh, we always have a good time. Oh yeah, podcasting with them and oh, hanging yeah. out with them. So it's it's really fun. And uh, we will be back in a few weeks with more Walking Dead news, listener feedback, and of course our actor spotlight on Denai Guerrera. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ciao.